Welcome everyone, uh, we are back, uh, it's Monday, Bank Holiday Monday and we are NUFC Matters, this is the Fans Forum. So, welcome back, we've had a little bit of a break Chris. Um, we have, we have. We, we, um, Steve gave us, gave us a week off, so we had a, we had a couple of week break, uh, do you feel refreshed? Uh, well, do you know what Pete, I had a meal about half an hour ago and I could genuinely I could fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in terms of in terms of Newcastle, no, I am feeling refreshed, and uh, God, things have things have moved quickly, haven't they, in the last few days? And now, Pete, I'm like I'm struggling to get to sleep because every night I'm just thinking we sign him, we could get him, we could get him, we could get him. Yeah. I need to just try and switch off, Pete. Really do. I, you know what? Uh, I think that's every one of us at the moment. Every Newcastle fan is yeah. not able to switch off. Every, every, it seems like every hour there's a new link with the yeah. new player. Yeah, or, or if there's not a new link, there's a new update. It's uh, it's turned into a bit of a silly season at the moment. But um, I'm sure um, I'm sure people in the in in the green room and there's a few already. Um, we'll touch on this, and I'm sure lots of people in the chat, lots of familiar faces. Hope everyone's had a good Christmas and even better New Year celebration and is ready for a new year and a new era uh, at Newcastle United. And it's certainly been um, a positive start. Uh, lots of links, um, lots of transfer activity, so we, so it seems. And um, from the sounds of it, I don't think it's going to be too long until we get the, the, the first uh, new era signing through the door. Um, nope. Nope. But look, We'll have our opinions on this as we go along the show, but um, as always, the fun forum, we want to hear from you guys, and there's already people in the chat, and no better way of starting the show than with uh, our own uh, Greek um, legend, shall we say? You say God, then. (laughs) You know what, I was thinking about saying Greek God, but I thought, you know what, I'm used to come on with a big, beaming smile if I said Greek God, and he's gone. He's He's gone. He's had enough. enough. I have the the passport to prove it. No, I am Greek, yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Welcome, Chris. How are you, you, How are you lads doing tonight? Good, mate. That's great. All right, um, so let me just go straight into it. I, um... I'm I'm all about the positivity, and I think that there's a bit of a bit of some, not like I say panic, but sort of some some uh, like jitteriness among the, the the fan base, sort of expecting that by January third we would have already had a couple of signings like through the door, and kind of saying like, you know, what's the plan here? Who's 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 making the calls? You know. Is is there a plan? Um, and and I, I just want to want to uh, uh, deliver the message, you know, <laughs> of that old fake uh, British um, during World War II thing of keep calm and carry on. Uh, and uh, we will get signings ahead of our next match. Everyone knows how crucial the next uh, Waffer match is because we, we we win and we could. Um, you know, potentially be out of the relegation zone here um, uh, if we beat Watford. Um, so that, in, and we want to have signings that are through the door that will be ready ready for Watford. P- probably not for the our next uh, cup match here because um, uh, we we honestly probably you know don't don't need an improved squad to take on Cambridge. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, so it seems like uh, that that the Trippier deal is 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 close, and you know, sources will say that it's going to be resolved this week. So that's that's good news. Doesn't look like Botman uh, is going to be uh, leaving um, uh, his club to come anywhere, let alone Newcastle. Uh, but I think that everyone has a price, uh, and you know, yeah. for the first time, we can we can say. Oh, what's Juventus offering? What's you know AC Milan offering? <laughs> what's Barcelona offering? We we can we can match that. You know, wages, wages and and uh, and fee. And it seemed like you know from the past era, uh, people that should not be named. Um, you know, it was always like it, it wasn't just a transfer fee. It was like the the wages and in in the and the and the agent fee. And there was always something in the three. That that Lee Charnley, um, you know, worked on one deal at a time, and it seems like, from all reports, we're able to miraculously keep a few balls uh, in the air at the same time, um, uh, and that uh, all will come good. Uh, if not this week, then probably by by next week. Um, and so I'm just kind of here to say. Look, you know, we're 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 being let's see the the, the latest links. Uh, we are being linked to um, uh, fifty million pound bid for Benfica striker Darwin Nunez. I know that we'd had previously been been linked to um, uh, the Gabby Goal, um, uh, the the striker from the Brazilian striker who, who supposedly is 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 keen to play with Joe Linton. You know, um, everyone wants to play with Joe Linton now, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, fair fair play to that. Um, but I, I'm I'm definitely I don't know what you guys were expecting, but I definitely uh, expect that we need to get two two strikers across the line. You know, both both a number two striker and and a uh, uh, and uh, like a backup. To to really well, because we've obviously we've got uh, Wilson out for an extended period, um, and also we we probably don't need to play um, don't need to play ASM uh, as a as like a striker. He's more sort of a, a wide player, maybe n- not on the front line, um, uh, and so to 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 play more natural strikers, we need to get additional guys in and not. I, I think sort of the overall goal for this this window is is to get players in and and put put square pegs and square holes and round pegs and round holes and not try to put square pegs and round holes the way that we've sort of been doing makeshift with uh, Matt Ritchie and and others that um, are playing out of position. And some people would say, "What? Why are we going after a?" a, a, a like a right back, uh, Karen Trippier is our first signing. Aren't we pretty okay with it? With the right backs, we we need center backs and like left back cover. Um, uh, but I, I think you know, the, the key for me with Trippier is that he's the statement signing that others will say, Oh, well, if Trippier is going to Newcastle, I want to go to Newcastle too. Um, and and I'm sure that Trippier has contacts, whatever, in, among p- players that are out there and sort of players talk in the same way that NBA players, you know, talk about going to form super teams. 
I'm sure that there's sort of talk among players who are uh, uh, free agents or about to be that, hey, we we can make Newcastle the next super team. <laughs> so it's 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 an exciting time. Uh, I, I know people have a, a lot of anxiety. Yes, I, I'm 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 the same. I'm re- refreshing Twitter all the time and going to. Uh, look at NUFC 360 and and, and uh, Chronicle NUFC, and uh, I'm I'm trying to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of who are the sources that I'm that I'm looking after, and and not trying to look at sort of any any kind of in the know person, uh, and uh, you know ex- exclusives, but um, to, to to look at the sources that I know and trust. And, and think that, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter to be first. It matters to be right. I, th- I think that's a, that's a great way to start, Chris, um, talking about the transfer window. And, and look, um, I, I, I want to get Chris H's opinions on this because it has been very much, you know, rather than a, an, I think in the build-up to the new year, it was excitement with the transfer window opening, a few links here and there. But then... Ever since that point, since the transfer windows opened, it almost feels like there's an expectancy. Why isn't there a deal done now? Why isn't there a player in the club right now? And and there seems to be a little bit of panic. And I think it's a great way to start, Chris, the, the fact that you've said, you know, we just need to kind of just just chill. Like it wasn't last year or for the last however many years before that that during the January transfer window we either weren't getting anybody or we were waiting until the last day of the transfer window to sign somebody. So you know, it, from from my point of view, just before I pass it on to Chris, it's like you know we should be grateful that we're actively looking for players. But Chris, hey. You know, I think it's a great way to start talking about the transfer window and the points that Chris Chris A has made. What What are your thoughts on the kind of the initial panic um, uh, from from the start of the window? And and were you one of them that was in that sort of panic mode at the beginning? Yeah, I think you know I was one of them. Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what? I do. I see where Chris A is coming from. And uh, Chris is absolutely right, you know, when he says that we, we've all just kind of got to be patient and wait. Um, we've all heard the rumours that apparently three, three medicals have been booked this week. Um, so we're all anxiously waiting to see who they are for or whether they're just precautionary, just in case they do manage to move some deals along. I think we all know Kevin Trippier um, is imminent and he's going to be joining. But do you know what, Chris, you make a great point when you say about uh, Kevin Trippier and some people will look at it. You're never going to please everybody, but some people will look at it and think, you know, 31 year old. We don't really we're not in desperate need of a right back. Um, but when somebody of the quality of Kevin Trippier becomes available, you've got to you've got to go for them. Um, we've only you only have to look at the comments that Diego Simeone made about him um, in the in the past few days, saying that you know he's a what did he say a, a genius with his uh, genius with his feet, and he doesn't want him to leave. Um, so that that speaks for itself. You know he, he's a uh, a La Liga winner, Champions League final. You, you want you want players like that, and for us to bring someone of his experience, not just um, you know on the domestic front, but also the international front, um, we're incredibly lucky to be able to get him, and I, I sincerely hope we do get him. Um, in terms of the other deals, like as Pete mentioned there, I, I was a little bit, I've got to admit, I was a little bit panicky because I know it's only the third, but I was thinking. 
why why is anything not just announced now? Why have they not just done it straight away? But maybe that's me just, you know, getting on me high horse a little bit and expecting miracles when I'm sure there's lots of discussions to be had and there's lots of different players and conversations um that, you know, have got to be discussed because now now we are under this new ownership. There's there's no real um there's nothing stopping us, is there? There's nothing holding us back. I mean if you if you think to uh, the previous January transfer window, we were all sweating for two or three days on getting Hamza Chaudhry on loan. And then we couldn't afford the loan fee. And you just think, wow, how times have changed. No offence to Hamza Chowdhury, but I don't think he'll be coming to St. James's Park anytime soon, put it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting time. And, you know, I, I for one, am, you know, constantly refreshing my phone, constantly looking out for news. And But I... I I, I do take, uh, you know, Pete's point and Pete calmed me down. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before, Pete? Just saying, just wait, just wait. And he's absolutely right. There's, we've got we've got plenty of time to bring players in. Uh, the sooner the better, obviously. But, you know, we, we don't want to be... Uh, we don't want to jump into things too quickly because we need to make sure that the players we bring in are the right ones and that we don't overpay too much because, unfortunately, that's the problem we're going to have now, isn't it? If you've got a 10 million metre pound player... Um, the club are probably going to ask for 15, 16, 17 million. Yeah. And if it, it will it will snowball and it will keep happening. Um, I, I, for one, hope that the Botman deal gets done. But mm. again, if it doesn't, we, we move on. And mm. there'll be other targets and other opportunities. For me, um, Chris, I think we're probably going to bring in three or four signings, certainly yeah. before Watford. And then I think at the end of the window, that's when we could see another flurry. Because yeah. I think I was discussing this with Pete the other week, saying that because of the position we're in and the money we've got, um, you know, it could be that a few agents contact us with a few days to go with clubs wanting to move things around or players players always become available that you least suspect. Um, so there'll be players who aren't even on the table at the moment. And with a few days to go in the trans- January transfer window, they'll become available. And that's when we can strike. That's when we can really, you know, yeah. make a push and money's not going to hold us back for once, which is yeah. very, very exciting. And I'd also just like to know for anyone who hadn't already realized, but today was supposed to have been the arbit- again thing of the arbitration case. And yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't we rather, much rather be in this position where we we're worried that we haven't signed any 50 million, 60 million players yet, uh, rather than than being in, in the beginning of a of a sort of arbitration case that that could have gone either either way, you know, and we would still be un- under Mike Ashley. And Mike Ashley would be using the takeover, uh, ongoing takeover, as another excuse not to spend in the transfer window. So we, you know, for for, for all the anxiety that we're feeling, uh, it's it's we're we're in a whole different world than we would have been under. Oh yeah, the yeah. Last, last regime. Yeah, I think we're all we're all just like this is our this is our Christmas Eve, isn't it? This is what it feels like for me. Yeah. Like I I always get excited Christmas Eve anyway, you know, because the yeah. kids and they're all yeah. excited and buzzy, and like that's what I'm like now. And every every single morning I wake up and think, oh, I wonder if we're gonna get anyone. I wonder who we're gonna sign. I wonder if we're gonna be linked to anyone new. Um, so you know, for the next what 28 days, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite tense, but also exciting. Yeah. And it's just nice to know that nothing nothing yeah. is beyond our reach. Yeah, and it also sounds like just in the same way that the actual eventual takeover kind of caught everyone uh, out of nowhere, uh, it, it, it does seem like some reporters have said that the players at Newcastle is looking after are players that haven't even been reported. So it's fair play to them keep keeping the things on under wraps rather than having everyone and their mother um, r- reporting, you know, who's, who's Newcastle is is linked to because i think most of that is just agent 
agent and paper yeah account. million percent million percent i mean there, there will be some names that come out of nowhere hopefully the good names hopefully the names that we all we can all get excited about which i'm sure we will um but yeah the one the one name um which i personally feel confident about and it's not because i know anything that no one else does but i just think i think that trippier deal's done i really do especially yeah. for the comments from the atletico madrid manager the way that kevin trippier reacted at the end of the atletico madrid game yesterday yes. everything's pointing towards newcastle so yeah. I think uh, he's the he's probably the most certain one. I know Rachel put in the comments there. Um, do we think uh, Trippy is a done deal? Me personally, Rachel, I yeah, do. I um, so. Pete, I don't know about you and uh, Chris. You and uh, what you two think? Just repeat that bit again. Sorry, I was just saying. Um, Rachel was asking whether she thinks the Trippy deal is a done deal. Whether we think it's a done deal. I mean, me personally, yeah. I do. Um, but I don't know about yourself and Chris. Yeah, it sounds like the, the twenty-five million pounds offer or 25 million euros would be would be accepted that was a, that was the return offer from newcastle and it seems like that's that's going to get it done uh, from my point of view yeah i, I think the, i think the deal was done i think um the, the, this this is the one deal with with kieran trippier where it looks like there's been a lot of background work being done and i'm not just talking in recent days where things have moved along i'm talking yeah. like from early december i think this in my opinion is the big deal I'm not saying it's going to be the big deal in terms of the most significant deal. It's not. But this is the big deal that they've really gone to go for as their first signing. The reason being, one, he's uh, he's an England international. Two, he's got experience. Three, he played, he's played under Eddie Howe. So Eddie Howe knows his game. He knows how he plays. Four, he's a right wing back. And a lot of people have put questions out there about, well, why are we signing a right wing back as our first signing? If anybody knows Eddie Howe, and I've talked about him a lot before he signed for the, for the club as manager, he plays with his wing-backs or he plays with his full-backs. His full-backs have a huge emphasis on the way in which his teams play. So he needs full-backs or his wing-backs to be of a level of significant quality. Not just runners, but good, good delivery of the ball. Set-piece specialists technically gifted so i'll give you one example he's not a high profile example but but you'll understand what i mean when i say and uh, i'm referring to their their left back at bournemouth charlie daniel now he's not yeah. a high profile player yeah but he was technically very good he was an athletic that ran back and forth he had fantastic delivery and on occasion he had the ability to score a wonder goal um now that's just an example he likes his players his fullbacks in particular all wing backs to play in that mold for me trippy is the perfect player to come in doesn't matter about his age there was a question yeah. in there further up in the in the chat and uh i didn't get a chance to to mark it but um, oh, said, you know, what, no no I, I saw it and i just did mark it but we're saying oh, i've got it here from black and white night um says can't believe we're paying 30 million for a 31 year old hey we're, we're not in mike ashley times anymore guys yeah. we're not we are in a position where we can pay the going rate or if not a little bit more and it's not going to hurt us we've not yeah. got an owner that's going to say oh no that's too much i'm going to leave that we have to make a statement now. If we get an England international that that walks into our training ground, you think that what, what, what that's going to do to the rest of the players? That's going to raise them 20 percent. Thinking, hey, oh, we've got an England international that's coming coming to play for us that, that sees the potential in this club. But not just that, all the other players that we're linked with, all the other players that we're linked with, seeing England international and a good player at that walk through the door, and they're going to think. 
actually, there could be a project there that I want to work with. And all of those particular signings that are a little bit on the fence, and rightly so, because we're 90 in the table, it's not a dead cert that we're going to stay in the league, although I, I believe comfortably that we're going to stay in the league this season. Um, it will start to get them thinking differently, and it changes the outlook on so many players if we get that deal done first. So I think it's a really important deal, and I think it's an underestimated deal. Um, that, that we get done. I think it's done. Yeah. I think it was all down to the player, whether the player wanted the move. Um, the player, I think, has made it clear that he wanted to move before the game yesterday. And now I think Newcastle have matched the valuation of what Atletico Madrid wants. Yeah. I think but, one, one final comment I will have to say is that we're we're used to from the previous era having having this 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 phrase we we, we need to sell to buy and and now we're now we're in the position where we could bring in five or six play, five or six players seven players with, with, without worrying about having to sell seven players to to um, to 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 free up the roster spots and 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 now it's a club like Barcelona. That has to that has to sell has to sell to buy um, just just to make up uh, financial fair play or whatever the there's there's a there's a new name for it but I forget what it's called like uh, competitiveness and sustainability or something you know, uh, but you know. yeah but yeah but um uh just what what a world and sort of like the role reversals have flipped and and the the old Barcelona. I'm not saying we're at Barcelona's level, but in terms of financials, that uh, we're in the good position, and Barcelona is in the position that we used to be in, where we had to just to bring in players, we had to sell sell players. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point, and, and a great point to finish on, Chris. So, again, as always, absolute pleasure. I know you need to head off in a second, but. Um, Absolute pleasure to have you on. Really great points. A really good way to start the um, the fans forum show, and you definitely deserve one of these on the back. Thank you, lads. You take care, Chris. Good Cheers, Chris. All the best, mate. See you later. Great to have Chris on. Uh, really good start to show and made some really good points about the transfer window. And I think so. Some of the questions that he's mentioned are questions that. Uh, or certainly feelings that Newcastle fans have had over the last few days. I think there's been a little bit of an expectancy uh, uh, around some. And I think because of the way it's been built up, I, I completely understand why there's been a bit of an expectancy. But look, we've got two weeks now and we'll get on to this topic in a second. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Chris. You know, the fact that we've had the Everton game and the Southampton game called off um, to some opposition fans' disgruntles. Um, uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, it's allowed us time, time to get our injured players fit, apart from Callum Wilson, which is a little bit more long term, um, to get our COVID players kind of recovered and out of isolation. And it gives us the opportunity, you know, we've still got a, a week and a week and a bit or nearly two weeks to, to get those new players in, in training, bedded in, ready for that big, massive sort of Wat Watford game. Um so it is, you know, it isn't as bad as what as what maybe we thought initially. Um, but just before we move on, just uh, just wanted to make the point here. Um, well, first and foremost, Wolves have just won at Old Trafford uh, one 0 yeah. uh, They'll just beat Man United, which is a crazy, crazy result. But um, uh, again, 
if they can do that, who's to say in a couple of years, even next season, if we stay in the league or when we stay in the league, that we can't go to places like that and and, and get results. What I want to talk about is obviously the game that's been under underestimated a little bit or put to the side because of the, the focus purely on the league, which is understandable. But uh, Albert Mooney's put a really good point. He's put 50k thousand sellout on Saturday and he's referring to the Cambridge United game in the FA Cup. Um, uh, it's already a sellout, 52,000. I know Cambridge are bringing quite a big allocation of away fans. He said, how amazing is that? Our fans never failed to amaze. What are your thoughts, Chris? I absolutely agree with Albert. I mean, we, we saw the attendances in the Championship, didn't we? And that was under, when you think, that was that was under, uh, you know, Mike Ashley, who the majority of, of the city can't stand. Um, and now we've got this exciting new era. It doesn't. It it really doesn't surprise me if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is exactly what our fan base is like, and it will only continue to get better and better because now we've got exciting times ahead. And you know, I'm sure they're all 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 the people who bought those tickets for the Cambridge match are probably all hoping that they're going to get to see a couple of new signings. I mean, I I hope they do. I really do. I really do hope they do. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what lineup Eddie Al puts out actually for the for the weekend because, uh, well. It, it it makes you wonder whether he's going to be resting a couple of players in terms of hoping that, you know, for Watford, we've got the full-strength squad out that we need. I don't think we're going to see Callum Wilson. I don't think we're going to see St. Maximin. I don't think we're going to see Fraser or Shah. Um, but we should still be able to put a team out good enough to be Cambridge, yeah. Pete, you'd, you'd afford. Definitely. Um, I, those players that you've just mentioned, I, I don't expect to see. I don't expect to see even like John Joe Shelby. I, th- I think you know uh, it will be more like a, a long staff and a and a Hendrix type partnership. Yeah. Um, you'll probably <clears> see <throat> Murphy start. You'll probably see one or two others come in. Maybe even a Matty Longstaff because he's back off uh, off his loan spell from um, from Aberdeen. So there'll, there'll be players in there that that will play, and you still expect to get a result. Um, yeah, Matt Ritchie, I think I'd expect to play because I don't see him playing in the first team moving forward. Uh, and he's an interesting top of, of conversation in this transfer window for sure, Matt Ritchie, and where he stands on things. But just wanted to get that point out. Go on, Chris. Do you do you think, can you see Matt Ritchie starting and Dwight Gale? Because I'm thinking if they don't start, I expect them to start like you've just said, but if they don't start, does that mean that they're uh, nearly, nearly out the door? Because um, you'd expect yeah. them to start. I would expect them to start. Um, I would expect both players to start and play um, the, the full 90 minutes in the FA Cup. Um, do I expect both of those players to be here at the end of January? No, I expect both of them to have left. Um, in particular, if we get another uh, another left-sided um, defender in, and obviously we've been linked with the likes of Luca Dean and, and one or two others, Um so I, I, I fully expect if a, if a left-back comes in that Matt Ritchie will be sold. Um, that, that's just my opinion on things um, because he's not going to play further up the pitch. Uh, he's only really in the team as a left-sided defender. Um, but if we've got two in, in that position, you might even you might even say we've already got two in that position when Jamal Lewis comes back and, and, and Paul Dummett. Yeah, when, when he's fit, and he's been training for a, a few weeks now. I think, I think he'll probably play against against Cambridge. I think that's what they've been saving him for. Um, so with that, I don't really see a position in the squad or in the team for Matt Ritchie. Yeah, he, he, he didn't even come off the bench. I don't think against Man United, which which says a lot. So 
yeah, it's an interesting one, a very interesting one, and um, one that will have a lot of moving parts to to it during the transfer window, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But there's um, obviously there's a there's a few things obviously been mentioned uh, here. Um, I want to get your questions uh, or your answers to before we get our, our next guest in. So Scott here, are we in the market for? Wolves Adama Triori. I've just seen him come off the bench and cause a little bit of havoc to Man United. Um yeah, interesting one. What, what do you think about Adama Triori? Would you would you take him in this window? Do you know what, Pete? <clears throat> if you'd asked me a couple of seasons ago, I'd have said yeah. Now I'm not so sure. I I I have grave concerns over whether he's gonna be good enough. Um you see flashes of brilliance, don't you? And he's built like a, an absolute monster um but he can't even get in the wolves team and obviously you know that's now what two managers so under nuno nuno dropped him and now bruno large has dropped him there's, there's something missing that's why he's left barcelona that's why he's ended up at um middlesbrough and then at wolves there's there's something lacking um and i don't think he's i don't think he's young is he Pete? is he about 27 28 yeah so I, I think, yeah i think it's about that age yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, if we, if we brought him in, don't get me wrong, I'd probably get all excited about it. But no, I, I don't think the new owners will be looking at Adama Traore. And I would imagine that Wolves would probably be wanting North for 40 million. And I, I wouldn't pay that for Adama Traore, personally. No, I, I, I agree. I don't think he's worth that sort of money. And I think that's exactly what Wolves would be expecting of him. I think it tells you a lot about Adama Traore. I know there's there's been, and we talked about it on our Loaded Away days with the um, with the Wolves fan um, a while back. And there's there's been this thing about ASM Adama Traore. And, uh, and uh, with, with the player that, that the media build him up to be, I find it really strange that he spends most of his time on Wolves bench. Yeah. He very rarely starts games for them. And he is brought on as that impact player late on in the game, like he did at Old Trafford tonight, mm-hmm. where he comes on at 70-odd, 75 minutes and 15 minutes, just sprint, 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 sprint. You, you're not pay, you can't pay 40 million for that type of player. You want a player that's going to start and do that for 90 minutes. Um, and I just don't think his, his ability shows shows that he's at that level, if I'm honest. Um, no. Uh, and so I don't see him moving at all. Yeah, um, but, no. but again, a, a great question. Great question. Before we no, get on next guest, no. on, there's, a, <laughs> there's one here from Don. Three medicals <laughs> will be for Paul Dummett. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> Good one there, Don. Um, you're yeah. not wrong with the amount of injuries he's had. Um, John Justice Allen. Uh, good evening, mate. Hope you're well. Happy New Year to you. Um, people talking about fees, wages, age is irrelevant. We need the quality on the pitch to the end of the season to stay up. Who cares what it costs? And it's not the fans' money. I think that's a really, really good point. And you yeah. know what? I had this conversation um, earlier on today with with, with the the Southern Geordies. Uh, we have a we have a WhatsApp chat and. Um, one of the lads in the chat put in, he said something about, oh, you know, we're, we're going to kind of get bent over the, this transfer window with regards to signings and, and how much we pay. And I just put a message back and um, I'll say it in the p- most politest way I, I can. I'll say, who gives a bleep um, about that? Because for one, John Justice Allen is exactly right. It's not our money. And two, I think we're good for that money, if I'm honest with you. And if it means that those players that we invest in keep us in the Premier League this season, even if it's just for a year, 
I don't care because the one point that I've made on NUFC matters over the last year and a half is that as long as we stay in the league, right, and we get our takeover, and this is before the takeover happened, as long as we stay in the league and we get our takeover, we will never be in this position again. No. As a Newcastle fan, as Newcastle fans, you in the chat, those of you that are watching, me and Chris, and the guys that are in the green room, we will never have to worry about relegation battles ever again because the investment that will come in from this club and these owners will ensure that we will not be languishing down there in a relegation fight and even if we were in some you know weird strange season we would have the quality of player in the team to get us out of it like you've seen from the Everton's in the past years or the you know the other teams that have been down there and hovering in and around for say three or four months but eventually have dragged themselves out why because their quality of player has dragged them out of a situation yeah that would be us so this is a big big window for us and, and you know Amanda Staven knows it me and dad knows it you know the ownership knows this and they would invest in the players. And we'll know they'll have to pay a little bit more in wages and fees. But if they stay in the league, if they keep us in the league, it's all worth it. 110%. Great yeah. point there from John Justice Allen, as always. Um, and look, we'll crack on because me and Chris have got lots to talk about in between guests. Um, and we'll continue to talk. But... Can I ship in there, Pete? Just one yeah, one little yeah, thing. Yeah. I just want to say, you, you're absolutely right when you talk about, um, and you know, John's highlighted it there about we we've kind of been brought up, especially the last 14, 15 years, on penny pinching and making sure that you know we cut our cloth. Like I was absolutely devastated when we sold Andy Carroll to Liverpool for thirty five million, but at the time yeah. I was like convincing myself and going, well, yeah, but we got thirty five million. It's a great deal, great deal for the club. You know, put the money back in the, uh, you know, back in the pot. But weirdly, we've always had that attitude, but Mike Ashley's not shared the same attitude. Um, we've, we've always found that, you know, we underspent or money would go missing or it wouldn't it wouldn't get, you know, pumped back into the club. Um, but now we're in a position, really, aren't we, where we just want the right player and whatever it costs, whatever the, the numbers are, it's not really our concern. And I don't even think it's, you know, Amanda's, Meerdad's, the Rubens, PIF. I don't think it's their concern. As long as we highlight the right player, just get the player. Just go and get him. Go and get whatever it costs. Just go and get him. And you, you're absolutely right. We saw that in the championship when we went down under Rafa. We went out and we bought the right players to get us out the position. Now, unfortunately, when we came up, we didn't then progress and move those players on and bring in better quality players. We just ended up keeping hold of them. But you're right. That's not going to happen this time around. Because even if we buy in two or three players and we go, oh, why, why do we want him? Why have we brought him in? Next next season, we may not still have that player because we're going to end up refreshing and bringing new players. And if you look at the squad now, Pete, and look at it again in 18 months' time, I'd be surprised if there was five players who are here now that are going to be there in 18 months' time. Very surprised. I think it's going to be literally five, maybe less, because I think there's going to be a big overhaul. I think they're just going to start, start afresh and just bring in new players, new blood, and really push us on. Definitely. Uh, great points, Chris, as always. I 100% agree. Um, Sam P says, get the text off my side, Sheffield United, Sanderberg, swap for Gale, um, Woodburn, Woodburn uh, and Hendricks. I tell Would you that what, be Woodman, maybe Woodman. Uh, yeah, maybe Woodman. Um, I tell you what, I, I'd take that swap deal with Sanderberg for Dwight Gale. Um, uh, Sanderberg is a terrific, terrific centre midfielder, 
Um, had his injury problems, but he is, is I think, back to his best now and would be a terrific signing for Newcastle United. 110%. But we've got uh, the man in, in the green room. Let's bring him in. Welcome in, Alan Thomas. Or Thompson. Hi, Alan. Alan Thomas. Hey, Chris. Happy New Year to everyone in the chat and yourselves. Brilliant points made by Chris. I just want to say, Chris, there's a fourth medical for me because I put a stone and weight on for eating humble pie for Joe Linton. And my arms sound strong enough. I hold my hands up. Uh, awesome against Man United. Absolutely awesome. Came away and I thought, how, how wrong I've been. But he's, he's found a niche in the team and it's brilliant to see. I'm happy for the lad. Long may it continue. Let's hope we don't go overboard over five or six performances. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I was pleased. Pete Chris coming out the ground. There were so many young fans in the crowd because I'm a old fogey now. And it's nice to have that young, young base. And saying that, the youngsters will come back again. It's great to hear that the, the game's a sellout for, for Saturday because it's yeah. just Cambridge. But don't take it lightly. Would the, the fans in the chat want a cup run? I would. I know we're in a perilous position, but I would still like a cup run, Pete Chris. I really would. Um, trying to get as many points in as I can, like lads. Um, how big is this month, lads? Watford game. How big is that game? I'm sweating now, lads. I'm sweating Alan, now because Alan, I'll, I'll just stop you there because I want to get I want to get your opinion on this because I think it's I think it's a really good question in there. And uh, you know, Paul, you've talked about how big this window is, and Paul Kinson just said, in my opinion, it'll be four. Four buys, four loans. That's eight players coming through the door um, at Newcastle. You've just said to me, you've just said to me and Chris that you think this is a massive, massive window. How many? How many do you think that, that we will realistically sign in, in this transfer window? Realistically, lads, I think five, um, four to five. Uh, I think there'll be a couple of loans and three permits. Um, I'd like to see more. In fact, one of the lines I've done on a show yesterday with Steve Wraith was, they said, who would you want out the door first? And I thought, well, the door's not big enough. You know, the door's simply not big enough. I've got a list, lads. I mean, Gail, Gillespie, uh, Woodman on loan. You know, the list goes on, lads. And I totally agree, Chris, before you, you come on to us about there'll only be three or four of them players who are playing now at the club within two years. Yeah. Uh, you could go on and on and on. Um, and I agree with a the comment there for for uh, players eight. I mean, to be honest with you, lads, when you, you turn over the squad so quickly and might disrupt the, the squad too much and how the worry is bedding them in, you know, uh, not every player will start off the ground running as much as we want them to. So um, too many at, at one time could be a problem, but... The more the merrier for that quality, quality uh, players. You can never be it in Trippier's just the start. Um, I know the black and white said about uh, paying thirty million, but lads, that's the going rate now. That's that is the going rate. Um, I mean, I would snap the hands off for that Blackburn lad, the deck guy as the forward. He looks really tremendous prospect. Twenty-two years of age. I know it's the championship. But he does look a, a, a really good prospect. The clips and the showing and the goals he scored looks really, really good, my lads. 
Um, about the postponement sides getting onto that, I've been on the sites where Southampton Everton fans have complained, <laughs> and honestly, it doesn't make sense. Southampton fans are oh, Newcastle want the game stopped because they've got more money now and, and stop the games whenever they want. Well, hold on, if you think go down that track, Burnley have had four games cancelled, Watford have had give, and they've got more points than us. So, you know. You're thinking, well, how because it's advantageous to us. I'm sorry, it's just absolute jealousy and envy of other clubs. And my final point on that postponement slides is when we, we were one of the first clubs with Darlow and ourselves having COVID, everybody had sympathy before the takeover. Now <laughs> nobody has got sympathy for Newcastle no United after the takeover. Isn't it no. amazing, lads? After a year. Six months, nine months, the difference in approach that oh, the Jolies are cheating, they're wanting Wilson ACM back on the pitch, and they're cheating away to, to get. In. And I'm thinking that is absolute. We must be, if not the second, uh, probably the most hated club at the minute. And long may continue. And that, that will that will get worse and worse and worse, worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. And do you know what? Yeah. We'll, we'll put up with it, it's fine because to yeah. be fair, if you're looking at it from a neutral point of view. If we were, if it was us, if we was, if oh, we were Southampton right. and we were playing Newcastle and they got the game, we'd all be up in arms over it, wouldn't we? Because they're cheating, they, they, they've done this on purpose and all that. I just smile now. I just mm-hmm. think they know what's coming. They know they can't stop us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom's put the three games in question, lads. Watford, Leeds, and Everton. Massive, yeah. absolutely massive month coming on. Um, and to be honest, Chris, you will have to get yet to the ground in Liverpool, but. Watching the Everton podcast, lads, they're right to commit Harry Carry half of them. They're all going to the Samaritan. They're going to meltdown. They're in meltdown, they're, Alan. They're in Actually, meltdown. All my mates are. And if, and if that gap closes, I mean, they've got Leicester to them, Chris, on Tuesday after the cup, cup game. And then they've got Norwich. I'm just praying Rafa stays until we play them. That's I it. hope and you then beat Norwich. We, I do hope you beat Norwich. We could get a wish, Pete. We could yeah. get them sacked. Yeah. At the end of the month, if he stays that long, um, if they don't yeah. beat Norwich, he's gone, and that's what oh, worries yeah. me. I, 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 think I hope they beat Norwich. Break the, break the cameras back, Chris. I mm. really do. They play a hole in the cup, cup on the Saturday, and then they've got Leicester Tuesday. And as we're playing, I think we're playing. Uh, is it is it Watford? Sorry, um, they, they're playing Norwich, uh, and then they play obviously play us. I think after that. Um, during the fourth round and obviously late in the January but yes um, basically I was pleased for the young fans um, the, the cap if you remember rightly lads when start of December I quite happily with a two point gap uh, where the fixtures were hard the start of December and now two points is nothing Um um, so I'm over the moon. There's only only two points in it that they, we could win. We could be out the bottom, bottom four if we beat Watford in a couple of weeks time. That's how good it is, and that's that's how much I'm getting stressed up about it actually, lads, because it's such a massive game either way. To be fair, um, isn't it interesting, Alan? That um, you know, before we got into December, when we knew we had Norwich and Burnley and Brentford before that. That us as fans in the in the media in particular, I'm referring to now, but us as fans had this opinion as well. Is that we knew what fixtures we had in December, and 
people were saying, you know, we, we could be down, we could be cut yeah. adrift by the yeah. time we got through the, these fixtures and it could be a really bad moment for us. Isn't it weird that not long after that, we've come out of that period and we've got Watford and we're only, what, two points uh, like adrift from them? Yes, I know they've got games in hand, but hasn't it all changed? You know, we've got players potentially coming through the door. Our next game with a win, we could be out of the, the bottom mm-hmm. three. That just changes the complexion of it. And it just goes to show that sometimes the media drum up things to get a reaction out of fan bases. Yeah. And, and they certainly have. Now, we didn't beat Leicester. We didn't beat Man City. We didn't beat Liverpool. We got a point against Man United. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yet we're still only two points adrift. Yeah. with a whole half of a season still mm-hmm. left to play. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the thing that our, our fan base needs to remember, mm-hmm. is that regardless of the games in hand, because those mm-hmm. games in hand won't be easy games for those no. teams, you would much prefer to have the points on the board. Now, mm-hmm. if you ask any other fan in the flip situation, what would they rather be, us or them? Mm-hmm. They would rather be us. They would rather be us knowing that they've already played Liverpool away, that they've already played Man City, Leicester mm-hmm. away, uh, Manchester United, and known that those four games in a row are out the way, that they mm-hmm. don't have to play those teams for a long period of time now. You've touched on the play, um, uh, Tom Dixon's comment, and I'll go back to it again. Mm-hmm. Watford, Leeds, Everton, then we've got Aston Villa at home mm-hmm. after that yeah. period. In yeah. between that, we don't know. We could we could also have a rearranged fixture yeah, with Southampton sure. and Everton again. They're yeah. five games there against Winnable. teams. Winnable. Everton yeah. twice. But we could win all five of them. Mm-hmm. With new players, we could mm-hmm. win all five of them. And if yeah. we win all five of them, the season gets Changes. turned on its head. Changes from five games, the season gets turned on its head yeah. and you'll get your Paul Mersons on Sky and all the yeah. rest of them that talk smack about Newcastle yeah. all shut up and have nothing to say. Yeah. It's so interesting how things can change uh, mm-hmm. in, in a short period of time. Do you know what, Pete? We're 12, 12 points off 11th. And do you remember Burnley had four games in hand? They've now got mm-hmm. two games in hand. Mm-hmm. And Burnley are on the same points as us. And playing yeah. shocking as well. Now, yeah. an interesting point. I want to get I want to get your opinion on this, Alan. Um, is that I watched that game. Um, I watched that game live, the the Leeds Burnley game, and I could yeah. not believe how bad Burnley are. Um, and Burnley are in a bad way at the moment. Now, yeah. this is the worst Burnley team I've seen since they came yeah. into Burnley. And yes, Burnley in the past have had their moments where they've plucked up results and got out of it. But for me, and mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on this, Alan, people yeah. in the chat, Chris H. When they were in those moments before, they always had a Chris Wood that was playing well that could nick a goal that could get them out of it. Or they had a solid base at the, in the defence where mm-hmm. they had Tarkovsky, for example, yeah. with his, to be solid, Ben Mee, somebody in that that's a leader. I don't mm-hmm. see that at the moment. Yeah. You've got, uh, you got the Burnley fans after that game against Leeds that are going mad. They want Tarkovsky gone. They want him sold. Yeah. They, yeah. they can't believe how bad he's, he's become there mm-hmm. in this talk that he, he's not playing well because he wants to leave. He's like, he's, mm-hmm. he's almost down tools. This is not the same Burnley team that we saw a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I can see with their run coming up soon, they've got some tough fixtures coming up soon. Yeah. If we get our results and we get our points, we could be Way yeah. them. they could have a right match. Yeah. What no, are you I, doing that? Well, I, I, I agree, Pete. As it stands now, there's 
it's four teams really Watford, Burnley, Norwich, ourselves. Um, but there's always teams that crumble as well. And it's up to us to get the points. If we win against Watford, then the pressure on Watford, Burnley and Norwich is immense. Uh, and then if we beat Leeds, then it, it, it brings other teams into it. Lads, we've got to bridge that gap between Leeds now, who have got an eight-point gap and the rest, and then bring them in, uh, reel them in. But unfortunately, it's all about us. And it's all about us winning now, lads. Um, and that's where the pressure comes in from our side. But the, the good thing is, they are winnable games. And I agree with you totally, Pete. Burnley's poorest. And in fact, I nominated him as one of my teams to go down before the start of the season, actually. I, I thought that they were lacking this year. And I thought it was their turn to go down. I do believe Norwich will go down. Um, and I, I'm just hoping with this window now, with a better players, we can have a better defence and move forward with impetus with a crowd. I think the crowd's got an enormous part to play from now until the end of the season. I really do. Um, well, when you th- when you think Alan as well, you, you know you'd like to say that because you look the, some of the teams you've mentioned there. You know they they've had they've had their little mini run like Watford's under Vanieri. They they yeah. did they did well when Vanieri first came in. They're now back to you know struggling a little bit. Everton. Mm-hmm. Have been on a horrendous run under Rafa. Um, Leeds a stop start. They keep dropping points. And the thing yeah. with Burnley is, and I, I take Pete's point. Like with Burnley, you've always thought, oh, they'll find a way out. And you know, Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher used to often peddle that, you know, opinion. They'd always go, a Sean Dice team will find its way out. But is the lack of investment finally catching up with them? Because I if you look at their eleven, I would say. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to properly study it. But I'd say eight or nine of those 11 have been at the club now for three, four, five years in the Premier League. And they've not been replaced. They're going to burn out. They yeah. need, they need, you know, I mean, I know they got Corne in and he, he looks a fantastic player. He um, Yeah, but he's he's now picked up an injury, I believe. Again. Um Yeah. And he's it, gone it, to African Cup of Nations today. Oh. He's gone. Um, they, they, they tweeted out that he's, um, he's obviously mm-hmm. away for so he misses their next three games. So, as you've said, Chris, he was their linchpin against Leeds. Yeah. And look, Leeds, Leeds weren't good either. Leeds yeah. were not good. You know, they, they were awful themselves. It was two very bad teams playing against each other. It'll be, be interesting, Pete, whether Dennis for Watford actually turns up for yeah, him again. that's an interesting because one. Because he came off apparently at half-time against Tottenham. And uh, I've never celebrated a Tottenham player for 20 years since Sewell Campbell handballed it in the semi-final. I was jumping in the air when I I heard the goal go in of Paul Merson and I thought, get in, that'll do me nicely. Yeah. And after I finish this, lads, I normally go on the Tottenham podcast at nine o'clock to wind them up and I'll be <laughs> telling them thank you very much. And one of the games in hand, lads, is against Burnley away that got postponed, you know, yeah. with a couple of hours to go. And, you know, again, it gets back to the postponements. There was an uproar about that, you know. Um, so... Different things like that. Things are, are looking up. But I'm really positive. I really am. Um, I hope everybody is in the chat. And I agree with Chris. There was a lot of people straight away thought, well, we'll, we'll have Pelly on the first day of New Year's Day walking through the door. And it doesn't work like that. It, no, honestly, it no. doesn't. There's a lot of negotiation. And I agree with you, Chris, at the end. You know, there'll be a lot of dealing at the end of it as much as we want yeah. to sign. I yeah. think there'll be two or three at the start. 
but I think there will be one or two that will surprise where that will come. And it'll be like a domino effect. Trippier goes through the door. There'll be other players from other clubs going, fancy a bit of that. Good players. And then the next one, and the next one. And it's it's back to the Keegan deals, lads. And I can't be happier for every fan out there around the world. And I hope the club, and I know it's a sideshow, lads, gets involved with clubs, fan clubs around the world. I want that to improve, as well as the communication, which they've already done with fans here. I want that to improve around the world to increase my fan base. Uh, but that's all for the night, lads. I know there might be other people, but it was nice to see Nathan a couple of weeks ago, young lads coming on, instead of us old fogies talking about it. And I want the, I want the new new fans to get excited as I was 25 years ago, lads, because Absolutely. I was unbelievable when I look back at the games I saw. The Keegan, I was there at Anfield, Pete, and until this day, I don't know how I spill up in that ball, Chris. I was <laughs> round in the Anfield then, and the camera shot doesn't do it justice. He nah. bent it to me, and I was going ballistic, and I want more nights like that for the fans. Yeah, yeah I really do for everyone imagine, like ourselves. Imagine us yeah. all going to uh, Wembley, Alan. Uh, yeah, what a, what that's a what I want to come from for, lads. I really do. But yeah. uh, I wish you all the best, lads, and long may it continue. Take Top care. Stuff. Top stuff. Um, I, you need to have one of these before before you go, mate. Let's hope we we'll see a lot more of them, lads. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Definitely. Take you take care, care Alan. Speak take to care, you, Alan. All the best, mate. I'm just just to be clear, guys, in the chat. Um, when he was talking about old fogies, he was talking about him and Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking around thinking, who are you referring to? You never referred to me. I'm not not old yet, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I think I'm a, I think I'm a year younger than you, Pete. Just saying, I might not look it. Don't start. Uh, uh, he was definitely referring to Chris H and himself. Not yeah, me. he was. He was. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, <laughs> Alan on fantastic points. And, yeah, and, yeah, the, and of course, um, you know, he's he, he's raised some some really interesting points there with regards to Newcastle and, and the way and in, in the way which we stand right now. We we are well in this race to stay in the league, and the the positive that we have is that we have the financial clout to to buy and sign players that can take us not just up the table but far away from safety and you know there's been guys in the chat that talked about some embotman there's been this um talk about a deal for 30 million and, and why don't we pay more i agree with you Sven botman is an unbelievable Centre back is an unbelievable talent, um, you know. And, and in my opinion, we should be paying the money, whatever it is, to to get him out of Lille uh, and into Newcastle because at 21 years old, he has the capabilities of of playing at the highest level. It wasn't long ago, a few years ago, we were talking about uh, Mateus Delit, uh, who came out of Ajax um, and had a, a fantastic breakout season and eventually went to Juventus for big money. Now he hasn't hit the heights. He's still a tremendous center back, but this Sven Botman has the potential to be better. And, and he, he also came out of the, the Dutch, the Dutch Academy. Um, that's when Leo signed him, signed him from. And, and 
A few people have mentioned it. We've talked about it as well, me and Chris. You know, I see a Sven Botman as the type of Vincent Company signing that Man City made when yeah. he was 20 years old. That type of signing that you can you can wrap your 10 years around and say, right, you are the guy that's going to lead us forward for the next 10 years to take us from relegation candidates up, and, up to eventually in years to come playing Champions League football on a regular basis and hopefully lifting a trophy for us because I also see him as captain material as well. He's a proper leader. Um, so, you know, it, it, there's players like that that we need to get, but there's a short window to do it. And the window is this window. There are certain players that we've been linked to that we've only got a short window to get hold of them because if we leave it till the summer, the big guns will come and sweep them up. And no matter how much money we offer, the 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 law of playing at these already established Champions League top level clubs will be too great for us at this stage. But right now we can get those players in. Uh, clauses, regardless, whatever we, we need to make make it happen. 110 percent um and and that goes back to paul gibson's point here uh he's a perfect age 21 no doubt i want to clause in his contract like trippier if we go down exactly yeah. that paul yeah. exactly yeah. that what are your thoughts on that chris no i agree pete i mean sven botman he, he feels like the big one doesn't he i mean i know obviously kevin trippier is going to be fantastic and you know can't wait for him to sign but i i think kevin trippier will probably like you said open the door for other signings but sven botman feels like the future sign and he feels like the one where like you say you, you kind of wrap your team around him and go right this is this is the guy that's going to start the new era this is the man who in five or six years time will be lifting trophies he will be the one where he was in at the very start um he almost feels like the the most important signing at the moment. Uh, certainly, certainly does for me. Anyway, he's the, he's the one that you know I, I've really pinning my hopes on. I mean, I know there'll be other players out there, and if we don't end up getting them, so be it. But if we got him, I think that's when everyone will start getting excited. If we got Sven Botman. Definitely. And it goes back to this point with the centre-backs. Tom Dixon rightly says Newcastle conceded 42 goals in 19 games so far this season, a total only matched by bottom of the table Norwich. So it's clearly a position that we need to improve on. Um, and getting in a right back and a, and, a, and a solid left centre-back will go a long way to improving this team. There is no uh, no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, at this point now, uh, we'll go to the sponsors. Um, so as always, we start with the main guys, Spider VPN. These are the boys to trust, uh, for all your internet issues. Um, uh, for anything internet security, they are the ones to go to. Um, and anything with your computer online, please go to Spider VPN, one of NFC Matters' main sponsors. Thank you for your support, as always. Skiptonbins.com, uh, telephone 0800 Inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Uh, that's the email and the web is www.skipsandbins.com. They are the guys to go to, as I've said. Uh, easy, contract-free, pay-as-you-go, waste collection. LNG Family Funeral Directors, that's at 0191 389 Thank you for your support as always. Um, Garden of Healing Dispensary. So CBD, um, hemp and cannabinoid specialists go to www.the 
g-o-h-d.com. We have um, Alcott Interiors. Big out, a big shout out uh, to Chris and the lads. Google um, Alcott Interiors for top class kitchens. Of course, he's been in the chat tonight, John Justice Allen. Um, go and um, have a look at QTech, qtechshop.co.uk, makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. Jab Signature, massive support uh, from Jab Signature as always. Uh, jabs, go to jabsignature.co.uk um, for all their new trendy gear. Uh, into the new year and we've got Newcastle legends uh, okay so um, on your phone scan your barcode you can enter into a prize draw uh, which is monthly um, hit the uh, subscribe button hit the like button and make sure you share and if you didn't watch the show live you can uh, watch it or, or listen to it on uh, audio on iTunes and Spotify to get involved in that as well. We've got some shows coming up. 30th of January. Can't believe we're in 2022 already. Scary, isn't it? Scary, crazy. mate. Absolutely crazy. Um, uh, Newcastle and England legend Pedro, Peter Beardsley. Um, 30th of January, 2022. The Tyne Theatre and Opera House. The match day bucket. Okay, not got a match day until Saturday, but... As always, um, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk if you're not able to get there on the day and support. Match days as well. Uh, Steve and uh, Super Mac will be at the Dog and Parrot. Um, please get involved on the match days if you're around at the time. And there'll always be some form of talking pre-match uh, to get involved in. And, of course, I couldn't come away without... Promoting Loaded uh, HQ. So, uh, if you've been listening over the Christmas period, you'll know we've had some fantastic shows, some big shows. Uh, the Fully Loaded Transfer Show um, has really, really took off uh, with Jordan Cronin from Newcastle World. And we'll be back again this week with more. Um, but as well as that, we've got tomorrow uh, a show with Kieran Maguire um, from The Price of Football. A really, really interesting show that where we'll be looking at transfers and what it is and how much we actually have to spend and, and looking at a little bit more details based on the potential signs that are coming in. So again, a really, really interesting show. Um, please give us a like, subscribe, check out our previous shows that have already been on um, that are already sort of making waves and getting real, real uh, rave reviews on the back of that. So if you haven't uh, checked out Lodi before, like I say, give us a sub, give us a like, and follow us um, on YouTube. Okay, I think that's it. Um, there were one or two other questions in there, really good questions that I just wanted to ask you before we get on our... Um, get yeah, on I noticed you'd start, so mate, there were some good yeah. ones. Uh, oh, let me go back to it. Okay, uh, I know what it was. It, there was a question that just said a Bamiyang question mark. Now, a really interesting in the last couple of days has been a link with with um, um, Pierre Emerick Bamiyang, um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I think it's kind of 
he's he he's kind of split opinion in the Newcastle fan base mm-hmm. as to whether we should or shouldn't sign him. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Chris. What do you think? Think he'd be a good signing, or do you think with the issues that he's had at Arsenal, it might be um, it might be a sort of a bad uh, a bad move at this stage when we're trying to stay in the league? Yeah, for me, mate, I, I'd sign him all day long. I really would. I mean, I know people link us with the likes of Inketia and Avigi. But if someone like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang becomes available, especially on a loan deal, I think you've just you've got to get the deal done. You've got to, because I know he's had his troubles at Arsenal and I know he's, he's what, 31, 32? So he's not getting any younger. But if you've got an opportunity to sign someone who some may class, I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting he is, but some may class, he's up there with one of the best strikers the Premier League's seen. Like, his goal-scoring records at one point, were ridiculous. Like they give him a five-year, three hundred and fifty grand a week contract and made him captain. You know, he, he's he, for us to bring in someone like that. Even if we have until the end of the season with the option to buy, and then yeah. we could just say at the end of the season, listen, thanks, but you know it didn't work out. But with Aubameyang as well, I always felt a bit sorry for him at Arsenal because he tends to get put on the left wing, and I think he's not a winger; he's a striker. Put him through the middle. And he scores your goals. And that that's that's just what he does. I mean, if 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 I was given the option of someone like Inketia or Origi or Bamford or someone like that or a Bamiang, I'd pick a Bamiang every day of the week. Every single day of the week. And let's not forget, like we said earlier, Pete, you know, money isn't really an issue now. Um so if if Pierre Emic Bamiang is available, I say we just go and get him. Go and get him on loan to the end of the season. And then if we want to keep him, great, let's talk. If not, He's gone, but I think we've already said with Wilson now seemingly out for four or five weeks, it could be that we need two strikers. So maybe we maybe we bring in our main uh, our main striker target and then bring someone like a Bamiang in on loan. I mean, how, how how amazing would it be to have a Bamiang as an option off the bench or to even just start? Do you know what I mean? It, it he's a different level to some of the strikers we've been linked with, an absolute different level. Albeit he's he's probably not the same player he was three or four years ago. But that's not to say that he couldn't do a job for us, because I absolutely think he could. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I, I think it'd be a really really useful signing for us if we could get the deal done. It doesn't matter about wages. How many how many years have we wasted wages on the likes of Sarve, on the likes of Atsu, yeah. on the likes Colback. of um, uh, Ashraf Lazar, Colback? You know, uh, wages that will probably accumulate those players that will just sit in, not even in the twenty five man squad, but just sit in their training every day. I'd rather use their collective wages on that one player, um, that player that can make the difference. And and the reason why I say that is because. You know, I love Callum Wilson. I think he's a fantastic striker and I love the fact that he's our number nine. But his injury record frustrates the hell out of me. It's a problem. And I'm sure it's it frustrates problem. the hell out of yourself, Chris, and the guys in the chat and everybody that's watching. I get so frustrated with that. And I think it, it with him being out now for a significant period of time, I think one of the things that we need to do is sign a striker that sends the message, not in a nasty way to, to Callum Wilson, but to say, look, if you're not fit, we can't hold our we can't hang our hat on you to to play every week, and we need to get a guy that's going to come in and do that. Now we know that Abamyang's injury record is a lot less, and there is an option there. And um, uh, one of the one one of the the guests before, and I can't remember who it was. Um, not sure if it was Chris or whether it was Alan that talked about um, the the Blackburn player. 
Uh, ben oh, uh, Brenton Diaz. Ben Brenton Diaz. Uh, 20 goals this season. It's really interesting, actually, because before that, I think he'd scored like eight goals in 87 appearances for Blackburn under yeah. the name Ben Bre uh, Brenton. And then he goes to the, he goes to the, um, the Copper America, changes his name to Diaz at the end, and then bangs his goals in like half a season. Can't stop um, scoring. Yeah. But but he's but again he's a fantastic a young talent. I think he's twenty years old. He's 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 got great potential. Yes, it's good. he could take the best part of twenty million. But we need to bring in a couple of strikers that are going to send the message to say, look, we can't hang our hat on you. You need to get your injuries sorted out. If you're fit and you're firing and you're at one hundred percent, you will play Callum Wilson. You are number nine and you're a goal getter. But we have to look beyond you. And yeah. I think it's important for us as a club and as a squad of players that we need to do that. So I'm really intrigued to see. Obviously, we're, of course, we need centre backs, but I'm really intrigued to see what we what we do with our attacking um, situation. Pete, what do you reckon on this? This kind of leads in nicely, actually. I mean, we can talk about the last part of the question in a minute. I think we've already answered a little bit of it. I think Derek's on the right right page here, isn't he? We need Botman thirty million, Sule twenty million, Chippier thirty million. Luca Dean, Jeannie Van Alden, and two strikers. Imagine, imagine that for the transfer window. Oh. Imagine that. Oh. Derek, who would yeah. you? Who would your two strikers be, Pete? First and foremost, Derek, do, do you want a director of football job? Because I know. <laughs> I know. At the club at the moment, yeah. um, if you're going to be players in like that, um, you get a great bit of business there. I actually think Sule um, and Nicolas Sule uh, would, would probably be cheaper than that, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he, I think he would. Um, with, with only six months left on his contract, uh, Luca Dean, perfect mould. We talked about earlier. We talked about Trippier and how how effective he is. At twenty eight years old, Luca Dean is just as effective on the opposite end of the pitch. If you're yeah. a striker, you're licking your lips at those fullbacks whipping balls into the box. Both can take free kicks, both can take corners and set pieces. We become a different team off the back of that, yeah. um, and they can both defend as well. But the two strikers, I mean, Genie, Genie's just Genie. He's just quality. I, I take him all day long. But um, the strikers are going to be interesting. I haven't yet hung my hat on who. I'm going to go for, uh, or who I want as a striker, mm. but I will. And I'm, uh, but I'm going to wait for the loaded football transfer show uh, on Thursday. I like it. I like um, it. So uh, definitely tune in for that because I'm going to give you my two strikers and I'm going to go for, and we'll we'll have, we'll have a section on that for sure. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a little bit of thinking and a little bit of looking into the players that we've been linked with. So I need a little bit of time on that. But um, yeah, and it's it's it. You know what, Pete? It, it ties in as well with what we've said, doesn't it? You could get, you can't go out and buy two top draw, top quality strikers because it's yeah. going to upset the balance of the team. And I know one of the guests before spoke about the. I think it was Alan spoke about the balance of the team. You yeah. need to bring in a player who's happy to just be in and amongst it, and it will wait for his opportunity. So for me, it's about bringing in maybe a promising youngster, maybe that Brayden Diaz, um, because he won't expect to start every game. Whereas if you bring in a Bamiang and you bring in, I don't know, Jao Felix, just off the top of my head, yeah. they're both going to want to start football matches. And then you've got Callum Wilson. So you're going to upset someone. Whereas if you bring in a youngster and say, listen, wait for your opportunity, it'll come. Go and impress. But he's not going to upset the balance of the team. And that's that's the key thing. The owners have got to work out as well as Eddie Howe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, 
this this team's been so imbalanced for so long. We we need that balance there. So it's it's not an easy job, and no, it's, it's going to take a while to properly you know get rid of that of the crap that's in the squad to really kind of hone through and and, and make that squad quality all over. But. I trust these owners and I trust the managers to do that. They will get it done. It, it can't all be done in one window, um, but uh, a significant amount of it can be done uh, for sure. And, and I believe that it will be. But at that point, um, we'll, we'll get our, our guest on at the time and welcome in Tony. How are you doing, Tony? Back again. That's all right. Hi, Tony. You. Talk to us, mate. Tell us yeah. what you want to talk about. Um, first of all, I just want to say about last week's game against Man United, um, we should have won that game. Man U did not deserve a draw at all. They were disgraceful, they were. Absolutely, Gary Neville hit the nail on the head. What a bunch of wins as they are. Ronaldo, Fernandes, you know, and for them to get a point was criminal, really. That was robbed. Yeah, it was. And had St. Maximum put that chance away, oh. we would have won that. If only that had been Wilson in front of the goal. That would have been in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Murphy was unlucky hitting the post and then De Gea pulling that save off against Almeron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great save. Because we were rampant with them. I mean, we had more shots on target than they had. Yeah, they had more possession, but it's nice to see under Eddie Howe we are actually attacking more. Um, but if this is the way we're going to play with the team we've got now, just wait, we've got some quality signings in, I think we'll be up that league and I think we'll be fine. We're only two points off Watford after all. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And it's it's funny you've you've raised the Manu point. Obviously, as everyone will know, Man United have just lost to Wolves at home. Um yeah. and we, we talk about our pebbleless position. And you think they've they've sacked Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. They've brought in a director of football or a, a future director of football. That's what they're hoping. They want Ralph Rangnick yeah. to step up uh, next season and become the director of football. What what a mess. Was a mess there then. Wasn't he interested in coming here as director of football, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. When, the, when the sounds yeah. took over. You know, yeah. when the new owners come in, he wanted to come here as director of football. Yeah. So, it's... yeah. But, um, yeah, so I just want to just touch on that one. But, you know, playing well with the team we had out. But, like I say, with the quality signs we'll get in, then that'll push us up the league and I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I've always been optimistic from the start, so you know, um, carry on being optimistic. You got to be, yeah. And it's it's great. I couldn't wait for the first of January to come round, <laughs> but I didn't think straight away we'd have somebody in straight away. Uh, you know, and I've seen people saying, "Oh, it's disappointing we've not got anybody in." But at the end of the day, it's still early January. You've got time to get players in. You know, we've got what. Over a week and a half till the Watford game, so you've got plenty of time there anyway. But even if we get a couple in and play them against Cambridge, at least it gives them a run out. Yeah, as well. I agree. But, well, um, what were your opinions on? Uh, what was your opinion on the um, the reaction of the the Everton and the Southampton fans when our games got called off? What, oh, what, was your, what was your opinions on that? I just sat back there and thought, "What the hell is going on, yeah?" Hang on a minute. This other teams have cancelled. I mean, didn't Burnley cancel their match two hours before? Yeah. And uh, you know, did anything get said? No. Um, so I live down Suffolk, so we get local news on here. Norwich cancelled their game twenty four hours before their game. Nobody said anything. 
but it's because we've got new owners and you're all thinking, oh, yeah, because we can go and splash the cash in January, and then by the time we play them, we'll have a better team. And they and the Southampton fans, to say that we should play the same players that would have played against them on um, Sunday, it's just, like, ridiculous. You can't even force that rule. And for the Southampton manager to say, I want to see the medical records, well, sorry, mate, that's none of your business. The Premier League will have seen the medical records, so they would have decided, yes, okay, cancel the game. It wouldn't have been down to the fact that Newcastle were doing it on the dodgy side. They yeah. actually showed the medical records to the Premier League and said, look, this is what we've got. And they've probably said, yeah, we'll postpone it. Yeah. But yeah, I just think they're all just jealous, really. And I just hope Rafa does stay on and, uh, yeah, we sack him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope. I hope that uh, Rafa stays on because my my worst nightmare, um, to be honest, Tony, is that they sack Rafa before our game, and then Big Dunk gets the job temporary because you're going to see yes. a completely different atmosphere in the stadium, completely oh, different, God, yeah. and they, they'll be their their tails will be up. Luca Dean will be back in the squad, um, yeah. you, you, they'll just be a different team. It'll be like playing, um, you know, a really spirited and yeah. together side, whereas at the moment they couldn't be further from that. And that's why I hope that Everton beat Norwich because then that'll just bide Rafa that little bit more time. The many, the more points he picks up between now and then, the longer he'll stay in the job. And I want him to be in the job when we play them yes. twice because I think yeah. I think we've got a good chance of getting at least four points against yeah. them with cool. Rafa at the helm. And I think I think to be honest, they should beat. I mean, they should beat Norwich anyway. Um, but yeah. just a quick touch on Norwich's point as well, which I saw on social media and I thought was a bit bang out of order. To be honest, as fans. But um, their fans have turned on Billy Gilmore, saying that that 20-year-old lad on loan from Chelsea is to blame for where they are now. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> how and how can they blame it on a young lad on loan? Yeah, and they've trolled them online as well, the Norwich fans. Wow. 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 I reckon he actually wants to go back to Chelsea. Well, no wonder. Because that's the abuse he's getting. Him. He'd get games in their team as well, but um, yeah, he was. I, I just want to get your guys' uh, opinion on uh, on the Rafa thing before you move on because I've had a theory on Rafa for a while. Obviously, you guys are talking about you know the fact that he could get sacked. Um, I don't think he will. I don't think he'll get sacked regardless. Yeah. I, really don't. I think the only time he probably get sacked is if he if they ended up dropping in to the bottom three, and there's a reason for this. But and do you think if he got if they if they lost to Norwich though, Pete? Like, isn't that lower than low? I think he will get sacked. Then. Yeah, he's <laughs> got Have they not lost one game? Uh, sorry, they've only won one game in like 12 or something, isn't it? Yeah, they're on a bad one. They're yeah. on a bad one, like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One game in 12 it is, is, is sackable. Is sackable. Like, if that in was, itself. If that was our previous manager, we would have wanted him out. I'm sure he yeah. went through a similar run uh, and, we, and we wanted him gone. The reason why, uh, in my theory on Rafa Benitez, is this is that. Is that I, Rafa Benitez took that job because he got I think he got sold a project a two three year project to rebuild Everton. I personally don't think that the board have that vision for Rafa Benitez. Everton knew, and we, we've we've discussed this a lot on matters on loaded and this opinion of um, of of the, the situation with Everton in that they've spent nearly half a billion pounds. 
since their their new kind of financial backer came in. And they are no better off. In fact, they're probably worse off in their position in the Premier League right yeah. now than when they before they spent that half a billion pound. Now they're in a position where they they are struggling to to sign any players of note because of that that FIFA Fair Play or that that standing in yeah. which they are right now. And so it goes back to my point that they could have gone for other managers, maybe more progressive managers, but they went for Rafa Benitez for one thing and one thing only, is that he knows how to get the best out of players, or so we think, yeah. with, without spending a lot of money. And I think this was a down season for Everton. I think this was a season that they knew, having spent the money on Ancelotti, having spent the money on James Rodriguez, on Decore, on a number of other players, that they could not sign many players. And they couldn't build another squad again after Ancelotti left. And I think Ancelotti knew this, which is why he tried to get out and went to Real Madrid. And I think they knew this, which is why they got Rafa Benitez in. I don't believe Rafa Benitez will get sacked. One, because they don't have the money to release him of his contract because, mm-hmm. you know, Rafa Benitez in his contracts, he has, yeah. they would have to pay a significant amount of money to get him out of what a two, three year contract that he's got. I don't think they've got the money to do that. The second thing is, is that what manager in their right mind would come into this Everton team right now with the squad of players that they've got and the situation that they're in and knowing that you don't have money to sign players. Now, if they kept Rafa Benitez for the season and then just released him in the summer and said, right, thank you for what you did this season, off you go, and paid him off that way, after a year of not spending, they would have significantly more money to be able to spend and not hit that FIFA fair play um, kind of barrier. And yeah. I, think, I think that's what Everton's doing. I don't, I don't think... Benitez thinks like that because I think they've sold Benitez up a river slightly. And I think this is what the board are doing behind the scenes. They're trying to get him through a difficult transition period financially and then they'll get rid of him and they'll get a manager in that they want to be able to put their financial backing behind. And I think that's why there was so much, so many issues up in the board uh, with regards to whether they wanted to take Rafa or not. Um, and I think that's why they're having their problems now. Because I, I honestly believe Rafa Benitez would have got sacked a number of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason that they haven't is because they want to keep him in there because he's the only one that can keep the ship sailing uh, in this financial predicament. But boys, what, what are your thoughts on that? Chris Chris first, and then, <clears throat> and then we'll come to you, uh, Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point, Pete. I mean, my only, my only thing with Rafa is obviously... The, the owners must be looking at it now and thinking as soon as we get rid of Rafa Benitez, um, things are going to go on the up. Because quite honestly, I think Liverpool fans would take anybody but Rafa Benitez, uh, sorry, Everton fans would take anybody but Rafa Benitez right now. Um, and I do think that things will just go on the upward trajectory as soon as he leaves. Um, but I do take your point. No, no manager of any credibility would... Um, take the job because it, it, it's not a very attractive job, is it? You know, they're not allowed to bring in their own players. They're working to a very tight budget. The squad isn't good enough and they're basically battling to stay up. So you, you could be absolutely right when you say that they're just going to hang on to Rafa for as long as they can and then move him on. But my only my only, um, my only thought on it is that they could kind of make all those problems go away by giving it to uh, Duncan Ferguson because Everton fans adore Duncan, uh, Duncan Ferguson, and he did he did all right as an interim manager um, before Ancelotti came in. And what I found interesting as well 
is that um, Ancelotti, when he left for Real Madrid, tried to take Duncan Ferguson with him, and Duncan Ferguson said, no thanks, I'll stay where I am. Yeah. And that, to me, just screams of, you know, the board were considering him, and then I think they gave it to Rafa Benitez, and they've said to him, listen, stick around, when Rafa's gone, you're getting the job next. Because genuinely, I don't think there's anybody else out there at the moment who they could attract to Everton as a manager because I, I don't see anyone taking the job. Yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, I suppose. Yeah, in a way. And then obviously, like you say, in the summer, they can obviously say to him, sorry, it hasn't worked out this season. There's a bit off. Off you go and have somebody else in. Um, and with what Chris is saying, yeah. Probably Duncan Ferguson's probably next in line to get the job full time because he's done it a couple of times as caretaker and he's always done well. So yeah, maybe he is prime for the next job, next manager of Everton. But um, yeah, I take your point on that. It it will cost him a lot to get rid of Benitez now. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe in the summer it'd be a lot cheaper to get rid of him. Another side question. Um, it was said further up on the chat earlier on in the show. Um, would you take Rafa as a director of football? Chris, would you take him? Yes or no? And tell us why. Um, I'm going to say no. And the reason I say that is because Rafa's very much his own man. And I think Rafa, Rafa likes to be involved in everything. And I could see Rafa rubbing the manager up the wrong way. I mean, if it was if it was with Eddie Howe, it'd probably be okay. Um, but Rafa tends to want his own way, doesn't he? And Rafa has a history, as we all know, of falling out with owners. Um, you know, always battling, always wanting more. And I don't know if he would be a good fit as a director of football. Um, hmm. No, I, I, do you know what? I think, um, and this sounds harsh, um, I think Rafa made his bed with Everton and I think he, he needs to lie in it. And I think as a club, we just need to, not, rather than look back, we need to move forward. And I, I'm not, and by the way, I'm not even convinced he'd take a director of football role. I think he wants to be a manager. Um, and would I swap Eddie Howe for Rafa now? No. I, I'm quite happy on the, um, you know, the journey that we're under with Eddie Howe. And I think we need to just get behind him and not complicate things. I know, obviously, we're going to be looking to bring in a technical director or a sporting director or a director of football. But let's just keep it fresh and new. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, and don't forget as well, Rafa isn't an experienced director of football. Um, so, you know, we all know how committed he is, how, um, you know, how meticulous he is. Would that role even suit him? Would he be getting too involved and then it causes friction between the managers? Uh, sorry, between the manager and the and the, the owners and then the players? And no, 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 not for me. Not for me. Tony? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Chris has sort of the words out of my mouth as well. Eh? Um, no, I wouldn't have him in as director of football. Um, I, I'll say what Chris is saying as well. Obviously, Benitez is his own man, and he'll probably he wants to be a manager. He wants to be on that training pitch, yeah. doing the drills and getting them ready for the match. And and I can't, I couldn't see him sitting in a boardroom and doing director of football. Um, I don't think he would want to do that anyway. Um, and obviously, we're now fresh. We just want to move on. And like Chris says, we don't want to look back. And that's 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 right. You don't want to really go back. Um, you know. So yeah. So I would say no to that on on director of football. Um, but on transfers, um, I, there was one interesting thing I saw tonight. I was watching Sky at five o'clock. That transfer centre was on, and uh, Dharma Chef. Mm -hmm. 
there's a new name in, in for Newcastle at the minute. And he's a centre-half, German centre-half called Nico Schlatterbeck. Yeah. Plays for Freiburg. Oh, I've not, I've not seen that. Apparently he's in the under-21s, and he's been in the full squad, but not capped yet. Um, okay. But that's what they said. That's a new name thrown in tonight. And he's 22-year-old. And Freiburg are third in the German league at the moment. He's I've not him in. Play, I don't know much about him, but... Yeah. I did have a look on Wikipedia, and he does look to be quite a good defender. He's not. He's not left footed, is he? Um, I don't know. I didn't look at that bit. <laughs> yeah, we, because we, yeah. we know we're after a left footed, uh, I mean, a left yeah. footed centre back. So, from right, Chris, I think I think he is a left footed centre back, and I think that's why, from what Tony said, that's why Sky have put that out there. Is and the reason they put that out there is because he would he would potentially be the, the second backup. If we, did, if we didn't get the Botman deal through, that he would be the next guy that we go through because they are clearly looking to replace Kieran Clark. I think if I was yeah, Kieran Clark, I, I would be actively looking for another team right now because after his performances um, before the during the Christmas period, but even before then, yeah. I think his his days were numbered, and I think he knows that. And the fact that we're actively looking for a left sided centre back, I think that tells you that you know you're not wanted in this team moving forward. And that's what they want more than anything. We will get a left-sided centre-back in by the time this this transfer window finishes. It will either be Botman, it will either be, um, and I can't pronounce his name, but the, the, the player, that, that's what, yes, that's the one. <laughs> um, or Aki. Or, or Nathan Ake. They're all three yeah. are left-sided centre-backs. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what they're looking for. I mean, the same Lille wants £60 million for Botman. But obviously, when I watched the show on Loaded last week, and your brother said that obviously Lille have some financial issues, then surely if we say even say look, there's thirty five million, I'm sure they're going to take it, aren't they? Do you know yeah. what, Tony? It's a great point, and I know uh, Pete. I think you starred the comments um, saying you know someone mentioned seventy million, someone said sixty million. And I think it was Rachel again, actually, who said, "Oh, were they just trying to drive the price up?" And I think that's exactly what they're doing. If you yeah. and you know yourself when you're bartering, if you want to, if you want someone to buy something off you for twenty million, say, say it was twenty million, you yes. want twenty million, you're going to ask for fifty million because yeah. then the other people are going to come back and go, "Oh, what about um, fifteen million? Then you go, "No, forty million," and it just the the price just keeps creeping up, keeping up, and as soon as they get the price they want, you go, "Sound yeah. all right, yeah, done deal." They 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 know they're not getting sixty million for them. They yeah. know they're not. Oh they, no, they're they, not they, million for them. They, they wouldn't they wouldn't get sixty million for Botman even in the summer because no. the top teams wouldn't pay sixty million for him because he's twenty one years old. He's had a fantastic season at Lille, but it isn't justifying the sixty million just yet. Now, I I think I think uh, that I think anything. I think anything over 40 million is, is we're overpaying, but I think anything between 30 and 40, I think we should yeah. be paying now. I think that's what Newcastle have been. Newcastle, at the moment, there's a situation with AC Milan and with Newcastle. Both teams want the player. It's as simple, yeah. it's as, simple as that. Now, what Lille are telling Newcastle as a price is very different to what they're telling AC Milan as a price. Why? Because AC Milan can't finance it. They would have to sell in order to buy uh, um, Sven Botman. It's as simple as that. But they're looking around a 30 million deal. 
Uh, and that's what's been mooted. AC Milan are struggling to pay that 30 million as it is. But I think if Newcastle went right, here's your 35 million. We'll give you some extras if we get into European football in the next couple of years. So we'll give you an extra five, seven point five million if we get into the Europa League or we get into the Champions League. Or if we win a trophy in the next three to five years, here's an extra five million. So then you're taking your, your your dealings up to the best part of 45 million, close to 50 million. At that yeah. point, Lille are not going to turn that money down. And as you mentioned as well on the transfer show, my brother, who is a French um, a French journalist for yeah. Liga and Eurosport, he did say, if we, if we offer that sort of money, Leo can't turn that down. They are financially in a very difficult position. They've already sold Akone for 13 million, which is absolutely peanuts. Yeah. Good player. Good player. He's a, he's a fantastic yeah. right winger, and they've sold him for 13 million to Fiorentina. They need the money. Now, they know that Botman and Jonathan David are their two standout players with Renato Sanchez that third. Mm-hmm. They know those three players are where they're going to get their money. Probably more. They'll get more for Jonathan David because he's a striker and he scores goals. Botman is the second in the list where they can get their most money from. If we come in and we say, right, here's 30 million, cash up front, here's your money, right, and we'll give you those add-ons to take it to 40, 45 million, they will not turn that down. Then it's about what, um, what someone else put in the chat. And I think they made a good point as well when they referred to um, the project. You know, yes, um, they 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 talked about and it's here from Kenzie. Uh, Botman is fascinated by the project. If we can convince him on a project of building a team around him, which I think we could, and there's been talk that we're interested in yeah. in taking him, and he's interested in coming. That's where I think that's where I think we'll win. I'm not worried about us bidding the right amount. It's about whether we can get the player to turn down the opportunity of Champions League football to come to us because he sees the project that we're going to build. Now, there's one question I'm going to ask, Great. Right? Okay, I'll ask you and Chris and see what your thoughts are. Now, this may cause a bit of a stir, but I, you know, um, we're all about opinions at the end of the day. <clears throat> now, if we want to look at Dean from Evan which I think he's a great left back. He's very attacking. Now, if we went for him, would you either loan or use as part exchange Sean Longstaff to get him in the club? Yeah. All day. Because I don't think Sean Longstaff's been the greatest at the minute. Do you know what, Tony? Yeah. Thanks for the service. We're we're so far from Sean Longstaff now. It's unreal. I mean, you know, I know he's a Jawsy. And I hope he goes yeah. on and has a successful career. He's not going to be anywhere near that centre midfield in the next 12 no. months. And what, no what did you think about his comments last week? We stated all the fans calling Joe Linton. But oh, quality. We were only yeah. thinking what we thought of Joe Linton at the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's been a revelation since how's moved him. Even Jamie Carragher's loving the way that Joe Linton's turned into this great midfielder. But, you yeah. know. But I think no he's sticking up. He's sticking up for his mate. Same as yeah. same as we would. You know, I'd stick up yeah. for Pete or whatever. He's sticking up for his mate. But... I think um, I think the fans were rightly and justly criticising Joe Linton. Um, yeah, whether yeah. that's through the fault of Bruce, probably is. I think um, it is Eddie yeah. Howe's come in and got the best out of him. But now, uh, Big Joe's reaping the rewards, and rightly so, because he's been absolutely outstanding. And um, I was only saying to Pete just before the show, Tony, that uh, I can't remember. I think it's been the last three or four games where Joe Linton's been like our man of the match. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time we had a player at Newcastle who fa- four, three or four times in a row 
got the man of the match awards because he has literally been outstanding. And we were saying, weren't we, Pete? He hasn't even scored. And we're like, oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. So it shows you the, the work ethic he's putting in, the performances he's putting in. But he gets back you know, to help out in the defence as well. That's the yeah, thing he runs back. Everyone's seeing the work, right? Everyone's seeing it and what he's doing and he's breaking yeah. up the play. And I, 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 I uh, you know, I, I hope Joe stays now. I really do. Yeah, I really do, kicks yeah. On. Really kicks on. But yeah, I would like to, yeah, I would do that. I mean, if there's a chance we could say, right, tell you what, we'll have Luca Dean, but you can have Sean Longstaff in return. All day. Because I know Rafa likes him, doesn't he? Yeah. And, you know, um, and, and I saw another um, rumour earlier on, which I'm, don't know if it's true or not, but apparently we're weighing up a fifty million pound bid for Darwin Nunes. Wouldn't mind him either. Um, wouldn't he? Apparently they want hundred million from though. Well, again, it's going back to that. They they don't want hundred yeah. million. They're just trying to drum it up because they know we've got it. Um, He's got thirty-two goals and sixty-five games, which is like one and two basically. Yeah, if we offered 50, 60 million, they take it. Yeah, now, so it's only Benfica, isn't it? And I that's think, not being disrespectful. Yeah, Benfica, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would take um, sure he's got a buyout well. clause at Benfica anyway. I think he's got a buyout clause of like 50, 60 million. So I don't think, I think the 100 million is probably a lot of media talk. Yeah. Darwin Nunes, who we will talk a little bit more about on Thursday, is a super, super talent. And, and um, yeah, yeah. he'll be for them, didn't he? And he's only 22. Rich will have him on as part of his player focus on Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he's a player that we've watched very, very closely. Yeah. Um, and as well as that, as well as that, not just myself and Rich that have watched uh, Darwin Nunes very closely. Steve Nixon at the club has watched him personally a number of times at Benfica. So if that deal was to start materialising, it wouldn't just be something out of the blue. It's some, it's a player that they've watched a lot of. So if you don't yeah. know a lot about Darwin Nunes, take a look. We are going to go in a little bit more detail about him on Thursday when Rich talks about him uh, as part of a player focus. But um, again, it, it's a really, really interesting, uh, really, really interesting window because yeah. there's so many... There's so many out there that we can buy, and we've got to find out. It's it's weird because we're we're not even really talking about transfer fees or wages right now. No. It, all it is is about can we encourage the player to come and sign for Newcastle United in the predicament yeah. that we're in. Now I tell you what, if we got Trippier and maybe one or two others through the door, and we go and beat Watford, and we go out of the bottom three, that changes the mentality not just yeah. of our players not just of our club or the media, it changes the mentality of the signings that are potentially coming to Newcastle. Well, and that might take the balance. Yeah. That might then make them think, or uh, if they were in, originally sitting on the fence, that might make them think, you know what? They've got enough to stay in this league. Yeah, I'm going to sign for them and we can build from there. And it changes the mindset of players completely. It's Two or really three players changes the people. Two or three players, like even if you got a Genie Van Alden, everyone would go, "Ooh, Genie Van Alden." Oh, all day, all day, yeah. yeah all day. I mean, the thing is that you know, like Ben Brereton, he looks all right as well. I mean, I looked at his goals on YouTube for what he scored already. He's beat Shearer's record, hasn't he? As well, the quickest yeah. twenty goals for Blackburn. Yeah, no, good age, much. good age. Yeah, and the thing yeah. is. But look at Gerard Bourne. He come from the championship in Hull and went mm -hmm. to West Ham and he's flourishing. Yeah. So it doesn't mean to say because they come from the championship, they're not as good. He could probably cut it in the Premier League, Ben Brereton. And he yeah. started Man U as a youngster as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's said, as it's already been said, if you know, we 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 should have really signed Gerard Bowen uh, when we had the opportunity yes. in the window, and we saved the money just before lockdown, and uh, we didn't get him. And you look what he's doing for West Ham now, and you think, well, he he was scoring just as many goals and being just as influential for Hull City as. Um, uh, um, is what Diaz is doing for, for Blackburn. So there's no reason why he can't have the same impact if we have the manager and the philosophy and the style of play that's going to suit him, which I believe it would. So, Aren't Liverpool looking at Bowen, aren't they? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. He's, 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 a, he's a talented player, a very, very I'm underrated him, yeah. talented player. He really is, John. Yeah. But, but, um, Chris Gale, uh, sorry, Chris Collins has just come up with a great one there, saying... Uh, would Gale plus cash be enough for the Blackburn lad? What do you reckon? Yeah. If Give you ask Dwight me, Gale. Yeah, I would say yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think I think Jordan Cronin on our show made a good point about uh, Dwight Gale. I, I don't believe that Dwight Gale is worth the sort of money that was banded around a few years ago. No, he's he was talked of as being a fifteen million pound player. I do not, not believe he's that type of player. Five million. I would say, I'd say we'd be lucky to get anything more than eight million for him. I really yeah. do. Um, so if we were to put him in that deal as a striker that could come straight in and knows the championship, and bring that price down, so you're paying what twelve, thirteen million rather than twenty. Yeah, that all day long. Blackburn, Blackburn, be happy. They bring in a striker yeah. who can score goals. They know he can score goals. Yeah. Um, and then you're also bringing in, like we said earlier, Pete, you're bringing in a striker who is going to walk through the door and just be happy to be here. He's not going to expect to be in that number nine. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to expect to be the main man. He's just happy to be in and amongst the squad and be in, in part of the journey. Because realistically, you need three or four strikers yeah. in the club. And at the moment, we've got Dwight Gale and Callum Wilson. Because I'm yeah. not even classing Joe as a, as a striker. Because no. he's not. No. The thing is, so when Trippier comes in, he could be the same and that starts the, the snowball Gets effect. The ball and everybody else comes in because, I mean, he's a current England international as well, which you've got to remember. And he set the and he set the goal up in the Euro final for Luke Shaw. Yeah. So, you know, and if the current England international is willing to come to us, even though we're in the bottom three at the moment, then other players will think, well, hang on a minute. If he's gone, there must be something good about that. And then everybody else will follow. But hopefully we might have two or three players in by the time we play Watford. And like I say, I can see we're beating Watford because they're no great shakes. No, no, not at all. And I think we'll get something at Leeds Haven't as well because Leeds are not that great either, are they? They're just no, beat no Leeds. But I've heard Tarkovsky's apparently told Burnley he wants to leave. He yeah. won't sign a new deal with him and he wants to come here, apparently. We mentioned earlier that some of the Burnley fans that we know from from doing the the away days on Loaded, um, they they'd been mentioning that actually um, a lot of the fans have, have been really disappointed with Tarkovsky, and they they seem to think their mindset is, is that he's down tools at Burnley because he wants yeah. out in January. Uh, they've all they've said, and it's been reported as well that he wants to go to Newcastle. He wants to come and join us in this window. He he sees it as the perfect time to leave the club, and it gives the club the opportunity to. To, to get some money for him, um, but I think at the moment it's Burnley's reluctancy to uh, release him. Now, if we were to go and beat Watford and go above and out of the bottom three, 
I think that would make it even more difficult because we're in a position already of strength in that we're ahead of Burnley and us bringing Tarkovsky in and motivated Tarkovsky at a new club can only be a good thing for Newcastle United. I'm not taking these performances from Tarkovsky that, you know, oh, he's not the same player anymore. He's a player that doesn't want to play for that club anymore. We've seen it. We, we, we saw it in 2009, we saw it again in 2016, when you've got players that don't want to be at the club anymore, they yeah. down tools. It's as simple as that. You know, um, Jan Matt, for example, yeah. was one of them. Um, you know, we go back even further than that. Michael Owen, uh, Mark Viduka, oh, yeah. Martins. You know, you go back for all those players that, that should have kept Jeremy. Jeremy, all yeah. those players, Nicky Butt, all those players that, that should have kept us in the league and didn't. Right, they down tools because they knew they Duff at the club. Duff being a perfect example. Yeah. All of those players didn't want to play for the club anymore. And at some at some point you need to think, okay, if I've got this player here that's potentially valuable, but we're gonna get nothing for him in the summer and we could still go down, or could we cash in now, invest it in a couple of players that could improve our team and give us a better chance because they're motivated to play for Burnley? Mm. They need to they need to they need to weigh that up. So that Tarkovsky deal, if it does happen, will happen later on in the window. We might be able to get him for about five or six million because his contract's out in the summer and Tarkovsky is going to do exactly what Fraser done at Bournemouth, just down tools and say, right, that's it. If yeah. it was if it was anyone other than Newcastle, I would say yeah, we'd get him for less than ten million because it's Newcastle United. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably double that if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah. close to doubling that. But Tony, I'm going to leave it there uh, yeah. for your call. Thank yeah. you for your no time. Problem. Great points, great thank opinions, you. and thank you for being involved in the questions from the guys in the chat as well. Because yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, like um, I see we're all here about opinions, aren't we? So yeah, hundred percent. It's just exciting times ahead. I'll be up there for Cambridge on Saturday and then I'm up at the Watford game the week after as well. So, yeah. Good man. Good well, man. Hopefully yeah. you see two wins and plenty of goals from Newcastle in that time. But um, Hopefully. Until then, hopefully we'll be back on the show next week. But until then, you yeah. take care. Thank you. Come on, Tony. You take care. Speak to you soon. You care, Tony. Bye-bye. See you later, mate. Great to have Tony on. Um, absolutely um, it was great to get him involved in some of those questions as well I'll tell you what the questions in the chat have been spot on tonight yeah they are some really they good are. questions I know we mentioned Rachel's <laughs> and um, a number of others uh, John Justice Allen Tom Dixon uh, loads and loads of others Jeff's been in there as well um, Keith fantastic questions in there and uh, I, and to be fair I want to I want to get through you know some of them now so if you see any questions in the chat uh, that, that pop up Chris far away um because yeah. i want to i want to kind of just touch on before we we've had loads of comments tonight haven't we just absolutely loads off the chain off the absolute chain with um the the comments in there but um the, the, there's been some interesting ones like i said there's been a lot of talk about sven botman and, and that particular deal a lot of talk about diaz as well um you know going back to the point derek sharp made about you know 19 20 million with a with a with a swap for gale potentially in there um it's, it's going to be an interesting one it really really is um and in terms of the the deals that we're going to go for loads of names have been banded about and i know we keep labeling certain players that we think right we're in for we're going to get um but as 
Pete Graves said last night, and he, he got a little bit of stick about it from other journalists, that there are names in there that haven't even been talked about yet. So we got, you know, Darwin Nunes has only just really come into the fray um, in the last few days. Um, so has Diaz from, from, from Blackburn. There will be others. Okay, there's uh, there's one that's interesting that's coming out from France, and like I said, my brother talked about it in the first transfer show, and that's Seco Fofana for, uh, from Long um, in, yeah. in the French league as a centre midfielder. He is a fantastic centre midfielder, um, and he talked about it in great detail about how good of a season he's had for Long. And um, again, he's been linked with Newcastle more recently. There are so many others out there. Um, one or two from Spain starting to starting to filter in uh, as well uh, with regard to their interest. And, you know, we're not talking about the Coutinho's or anyone else anymore, but who's to say that they can't come back in um, and, and score a few surprises? But uh, are there any questions you've seen on there, Chris, that you, 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 you've earmarked or you think we can d- discuss in a little bit more detail? There's um, <laughs> one ever like this one. Ian McKenna. My question is, are Mars bars smaller now or are we just bigger? <laughs> I like that. Mars bars have definitely got smaller. They've got smaller, haven't they? They have got smaller. Hey, they have got smaller. I ain't getting into this, Ian. Hey, this ain't the Stephen <laughs> Holly show. This ain't Stephen Liam Kennedy when we're talking about food. This is football. We're talking football here. Forget that Mars business. Mars oh, business. God. Forget oh, yeah. Derek Rose here. 19 million for Diaz and a quid for Gale. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get that. him off the books. Get him off the books. Yeah. Um, we need to. He's on far too yeah, much we do. Too wages um, to, to stay in this club. 100%. Yeah. Well, do you know what? You were talking about players being linked, Pete. Uh, there was a player I mentioned a few months back um, who said I, I'd like us to go for and he got linked the other day and I was thinking, oh, I'd love to get him. Uh, Dennis Sicaria. From Much and Gladbach, yeah, he'd be a monster him in the centre midfield. Contracts Absolutely out this year as well, but yeah. I did see, I did see earlier that um, what was it? Man United, Real Madrid, PSG, <laughs> like they're all uh, Liverpool as well in particular. All they're really wanting, they all they're all trying to take yeah. him out there, so we're we'll be in a difficult position um, to kind of take him away. Um, this one here from Stefan Trippier, uh, Strakosha, uh, Denea, uh, D- uh, Lucadinia, um, Barkley on loan, um, Gabby Gold, uh, Gabriel Barbosa on loan, Botman, uh, too expensive for me, 70 million is correct. Uh, so then two players more instead of Botman. Okay, not not a bad window. That there's some no, some talented talented players in there. Interesting, Barkley's not been talked about really that much. And, I'm not um, I'm not big on Barkley, you know. I never have been. Like I I'd take Lingard over Barkley myself. Um, I know the the Lingard rumours kind of quieting down now, hasn't it? Because apparently Lingard's yeah. not interested. Not sure I believe that if I'm honest. Um, because as soon as we sign two or three players, I I think Lingard will be very interested. He could just be one of those players who's maybe looking at it now and thinking nah. But if we sign two or three big players, mark my words, Jesse Lingard would be interested. I, I, I think he's definitely interested. And yeah. if you remember, Pete, when the takeover first went through, Jesse Lingard's agent was taking pictures at St. James's, wasn't he? And the and Jesse Lingard was liking them. Yeah. So unless unless we've cooled our interest, which I would believe is probably more true, um, why wouldn't he want to come to Newcastle and be yeah. part of a brand new project? Why wouldn't he? 
again um, in in a game that Man United got beat again. I don't know details, but if anyone in the chat knows, uh, I didn't see Jesse Lingard come on the pitch and I don't even know if he was in the squad. Uh, that doesn't say to me a, a player that's going to get given opportunities at Man United under Ralph Ragnick. So um, even more of a reason for him to move. But again, like the Tarkovsky deal. That on the bench. Be, oh, was he on the bench? Okay, in didn't come on. No. Uh, so... Is is that Jesse Lingard? Is that going to be a talk, uh, another one like a Tarkovsky that gets done nearer the deadline towards the Maybe. end of January? We've got to remember there's certain we want certain players here and now, and I think the European players that we get in, like Trippier, like the potential of Botman or one or two others, will come early because some of them are still in their their um, you know or, or just coming out of their winter break, so it's the perfect time for them to move on right now. But some of the English-based players, I don't think teams are going to want to let them go just yet. You've got FA Cup. You've got another couple of rounds of Premier League fixtures. Maybe another round of FA Cup if you get in. There's COVID at the moment. So teams are wanting to keep hold of all of their squad as much as possible. So it's a really difficult one to get domestic players in right now. But um, you know, new, I've got no issues whatsoever that Newcastle are moving and Newcastle are trying to get players in as quickly as they possibly can. And I don't think the money or the wages are a problem at all. It's about either convincing the player or convincing the club to release the player right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be our biggest problem. Um, I see Paul Gibson starting a bit of a naughty humour, Pete. Joe Linton must have got a new girlfriend or something. There's definitely a swing in his step. <laughs> no. I'm sure he's married. I'm sure he's married. He is. That could be a naughty yeah, humour, that. Yeah. Oh, Paul. Dangerous. Paul. Dangerous. Dangerous games there, but yeah, he's been on social media showing pictures of, with his little one and his and his partner. Uh, he seems very very happy in his pictures, getting lots of positive comments from Newcastle. That's how it should be, you know. He, he he's never he's never not he's never not put hundred percent effort in for Newcastle. So one thing we cannot ever um, say that. Joe Linton hasn't worked hard, even in the games under Bruce. He always left everything on the pitch. He always gave a hundred percent. It was just that the system and the quality wasn't there. Eddie Howe has got him playing. There's a new level of confidence in him. He's playing in the position he feels comfortable in. He's playing in a position that plays to his strengths. And, and we need to remember that. It was, you know, it was the management, the ownership and and the structure of the team that failed Joe Linton. I think it's very, very clear now. Where we was all we all thought it was him. I think it's very clear that it's not. And it was it was the lack of managerial ability that stopped Joe Linton performing at the level um, that he was capable of. And he's certainly playing more now. So it's just more of a central midfielder. Um, Statman Keith uh, Roll, hope you're well, mate. Hopefully speak to you soon. Uh, if a top-class manager like Carlo Ancelotti can't get Everton in the Premier League top six, then who can? It's a great question. Um, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. Ancelotti clearly gone to Real Madrid and, and like catapulted them up the league. I think at one point they were, I know they lost yesterday, but they're like 10 points clear. Like he's done that with a, a very aging squad. Um, absolutely brilliant uh, for, from, from Ancelotti. And I think it says a lot about more about Everton than it does anyone else. Um, Pete, on a, on a, on a, a non Newcastle subject, I mean, it could be a Newcastle subject, um, depending on your answer, but. What are your thoughts on there? Uh, well, I've got two questions for you, actually. The first one is, what are your thoughts on the Lukaku situation? Oh, good question. Um, <clears throat> Lukaku's Lukaku. Okay, Lukaku 
is a very, very confident young man. I say young man, he's 28, he's still very young um, and he's in the prime of his career. Um, he's a very, very confident young man and he'll say what he feels and he'll say and have his opinion. I think he's been badly advised. Um, I think it's been his, it, look, it would be his agent and it is his advisors that would have set up that interview um, with the Italian, whoever they were, the journalist or whoever he had the interview with. It would be his agents and, and people around him that would have set that up, knowing what would have happened in that and the likely questions that would have been asked. I think he's been he really, really badly advised. I think his Chelsea career is finished. Not that he'll leave. I think he'll he'll stick it out, but I think the Chelsea fans will not see him in the same light now. No, he came no. back as this ultimate saviour just after they won the Champions League. I don't think he wanted to leave. I think he was forced to leave, and I think he was forced to leave because Inter Milan didn't have the financial uh, money to keep him, and from the money that was on offer for him, they they had to reinvest. I think it was very clear that they sold him for eighty plus million, and then got Ed and Jacko in for peanuts as a replacement because they just haven't got the money. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he's been badly advised. He never wanted to leave Italy, but to come out and say that on, on, on the, on the cusp of such a big game against Liverpool that could have really turned around their season. I just think it's just poor, just really, really poor. However, Lukaku is a player and I know they talked about it on Sky and I don't really, I don't really agree with him very often, but I really did agree with Graham Sunez. Uh, and Graham Sunez talked about Lukaku in that, you know, Lukaku will be frustrated because he's been fit for a while now, but not been playing regular football. Yeah. Lukaku is that type of player. And, and Sunez talked about it. There are certain players that in order to get your best out of them, they have to be playing every week, regardless of their fitness levels. So as soon as they're physically fit to be on the pitch, they need to be playing and they build their fitness up whilst playing. And you get the best out of them when they get regular games under their belt. He used the example soon as did of Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney was exactly the same. Wayne Rooney couldn't come off the bench and be as effective in the same way as if he started the game. Wayne Rooney has to play football. He had to play football. He had to get three or four games under his belt before you really saw the best of him. So when Mourinho took over and we started benching him. That's why he started drifting out games and not really playing very well, which is eventually why he moved on to Everton. Lukaku's in the same mould. They have to look after their fitness and train hard every single day to maintain their fitness to a certain level. Lukaku knows that, I think, in his in himself. And the fact that he's not playing and coming off on the bench and playing bit part, I think it's frustrating him. I think after he scored that winning goal against uh, Aston Villa, he expected to play and start. Yeah. And I think he got wind that he wasn't going to be playing again. And he's kicked a fuss. And he's kicked up a fuss. He's been badly yeah. advised. Um, and that's just my opinion on that. Uh, and I think his, his Chelsea career will never be the same now. Fans won't look at him in the same way. But Chelsea will dig their heels in and say, you're not going anywhere. You're going when we say you're going, not anywhere else. And that's what a proper big club does. You are the club. You hold the line. The player has to walk that line. The player can down tools and find themselves on the bench, but they ain't going to play for the next part two years. And we'll sell you when we're ready. Or you book up your ID to pay fantastically well. Chelsea get a bag load of money for him in the summer at 29 years old, and he moves on and everybody's happy. But Lukaku won't be seen in the same way at Chelsea anymore. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I totally agree. My other question as well, Pete, is that quick one. 
Um, I know you commented on it on social media, and obviously with the Watford game coming up, it's quite an important one. But there's there's rumours, and I don't know if it's confirmed, but there's rumours that uh, Watford are refusing to let um, Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar go to the African Cup of Nations, and apparently they've bared their teeth. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is is that confirmed? Are they definitely have they definitely not gone, or are they just trying to cling on to them? Uh, yeah, they've they um so Ishmael Assar and, and Emmanuel Dennis, both of them have not gone. Um do I think that situation will change? I think it will. I, I think both <clears> of them <throat> will go at some point. Or or, or Emmanuel Dennis will certainly go at some point. Um there's a bit of a grey area with Ishmael Assar, but I think the situation's a disgrace. Um uh Osimen for Napoli. Uh, the the yeah. Nigerian striker, yeah. the, the same situations happened. They've refused to let him go um, to the African Cup of Nations. I think it's an absolute disgrace that players are not allowed to represent their countries at, at, at a major tournament. And regardless of what other people in football think, the African Cup of Nations is a major tournament in, 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 in world football. It is. It's the opportunity for the African players to represent their country in a massive, massive tournament uh, for their country. Like for, for the for the country for, for Africa, like it's yeah. it's massive, and if that happened to Phil Foden at the Euros this summer or Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish was being held as this big savior. Okay, and to be fair, he he played his part. He he had some fantastic moments coming off the bench and really lit up the England team when he played. But he, if he was told before the tournament. You're not allowed to play because it fits in with um, the end of the season, for example, with Aston Villa. There would be uproar. Gareth Southgate would be kicking off. That would be mainstream media news. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the fact that the fact that it's happened, and really not many people have talked about it. I think Ian Wright's talked about it a couple of times, and maybe one or two others, but it's not been the same news. I think it's an absolute disgrace. They should be held to account. There should be fines. There should be. They should be issuing. Uh, Watford, because you're not supposed to hold back internationals. I remember, I remember, England and the the FA kicked off years ago when um, Stephen Gerrard didn't turn up for England um, because he said he had a, a slight injury, but then was training for um, for Liverpool because I think they had a big game against Man United or Chelsea or someone after the international break and they didn't want him to get, they didn't want him to get injured. Uh, but he pulled out, citing an injury that wasn't there. They kicked off with Liverpool. They went absolutely mad at Liverpool, threatened to find them, all this other stuff that went off. There's nothing for Watford. Now, I understand why Watford are doing it. I understand why Watford are, are not wanting to let their better players go, but they signed them. They knew yeah. they were African players. They knew that they were going to be going to the African Cup of Nations in, in January. You knew that when you bought the players. You either buy an additional player to supplement that player going, or you don't buy the player at all. It's as simple as that. You know, historically, Manchester United as a, as a club haven't brought many African players, if any, for that exact reason. And Silas Ferguson was adamant on that, is that he knew with those players leaving in January, it would leave his squad really, really like um, bare. So therefore, he didn't sign African players for that reason. Not because he didn't rate them. He hugely rated African players and their talents, but didn't allow them to, didn't allow the club to buy them because they knew it would heavily impact them on a season. Yeah. We saw it with Chelsea, with Drogba's and, and various other players where they had to go and they really suffered on the back of that. 
Right. Look at Liverpool now with uh, Mane and Salah. But but yet Liverpool haven't caused that problem. They've allowed nope. those things to go. No. Nope. So they're, they're in the storm <laughs> situation. So you know, I just think it's been poorly managed. Um, I think Emmanuel Dennis will go. The grey area with Ismail Asar is because he's been injured for a long time mm. and he's not supposedly back until the end of January anyway. Um, with regards to his injury, which will take them until the end of the tournament. So that I think that's where Watford are trying to get away with that one. But the fact that they've not let Emmanuel Dennis go is just kind of wipes that Ismail Asar issue yeah. out because they've not let a fully fit player go. Um, and I, I reckon there's been some arguments and I think that's why Emmanuel Dennis was brought off at half-time because I, I reckon he's, he's down tools. I don't think he's happy about it. And rightly so, you should be allowed to represent your country. There's no doubt about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's see. Let's see what happens with that. But I do expect Emmanuel Dennis to go. Um, at the moment, he's down to play in Newcastle um, in just over a week's time, just under two weeks' time. So we'll see um, how that how that goes. But uh, I, flashed it, I flashed just one at the end, by the way, Peter. This is just one I wanted to put up. John Justice Allen saying the PIF wealth has increased by 15% in the last quarter. Um, who cares if Botman is 30 or 60 million won't affect us if we spend it, just get the right players in. Exactly. Um, absolutely right, John. And as well as that, you know, we're spending the money that, you know, we can under that FIFA fair play. And that doesn't even include any sponsorships that have not yet been signed. And that all, all those sponsorships allow us to then be able to spend even more. And it goes back to our point that, you know, uh, that we talked about. And, and we've got Kieran Maguire on the, uh, on the, uh, on the show, uh, on the loaded show tomorrow, that we'll talk about how much we can actually spend and how much it actually affects us uh, in the transfer market. Um, I, I don't think fans realise how much we're actually capable of spending as a club with, with the wealth that we have and with sponsors and with all the sponsorships that we've been lacking over the years that could significantly improve our financial capabilities. There is an opportunity to spend even more. So John's absolutely right. doesn't matter whether it's 30 million, 60 million. I guarantee you, whatever we pay, if we get Sven Botman, whatever we pay for that, for that young man in a year's time, he will be worth significantly more than what we paid for him. There is no doubt about it, but there's only a small window to get that type of quality player in, and it's now. So yeah. if you have the ownership, if you're Mirdad, if you're Amanda and you're watching NUFC matches tonight, go get him. Go get him because he is a top, top young centre-back, and he will, he will revamp our team. There is no doubt about it. He will make our defence significantly better. Lille conceded 23 goals in the whole of last season. That was because of him. Him and Jose. And we've considered 42 halfway through the season. Exactly. And that was because of him and Jose Font as a partnership. That was because he was the battering ram of that, that defensive unit. That's exactly what we need in our relegation fight right now. Here, here, Pete. And like I say, we'll, we'll find out more about that tomorrow with uh, Kieran Maguire on Loaded Mag, which we're looking forward to. Definitely, 100%. But um, guys, again, you've been amazing in the chat tonight. So many questions, so many we didn't even get to go through um, tonight. But, you know, we really, really appreciate your questions and, and everyone's involvement. It's uh, been a fantastic show. Great, great callers in uh, and people that have come in to, tonight to, to talk on the show. And... Our, our Christmas break's gone, Chris. We are back every week, every Monday. We will be here. 
to talk everything NUFC. So uh, a huge thank to everyone um, that's watched tonight. Uh, if you haven't, go and watch it back. Um, the NUFC Matters Fans Forum, um, it's going to be a hell of a ride um, in, this, uh, in this very, very crazy um, transfer window. Um, but you know what, Newcastle fans? Let's just be excited about it because um, we're going to get a hell of a lot of players in that will change our season, hopefully. But um, again, thank you all. Chris, pleasure as always um, Thanks, to, to share it, um, the show with you. And we'll be back next week. You guys take care. Talking to myself again But it's